Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The fight. What does it mean and where does it come from? An essay. Homo sapien, a man. He is alone in the universe. A punker, still a man. He's alone in the universe, but he connects. How? They hit each other. Ooh, no clear way to evaluate whether or not you're alive. Now, complications. A reason to fight. Somebody different. Difference creates dispute. Dispute is a reason to fight. Now, to fight is a reason to feel pain. Life is pain. So to fight with reason is to be alive. With reason. Final analysis. To fight. A reason to live. Problems and contradictions. I'm an anarchist. I believe that there should be no rules, only chaos. Fighting appears to be chaos, and when we slam and pin a show, it is. But when we fight for a reason, like rednecks, there's a system. We fight for what we stand for, chaos. But fighting is a structure. Fighting is to establish power. Power is government, and government is not anarchy. Ladies and gentlemen... Boys and girls, dying times here. Woo! numbers again i don't know what number is it what number is this tim i believe it is 181 well good you have one job and that is to remember the numbers because i don't uh well i was gonna say it's just with us working and everything we've gotten so behind we do have i think what four more episodes to post three 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 thought it was four oh i might be thinking the one that is 
shot to hell and lost and yeah the one with gary hill that did not get recorded is, yeah it's not gonna ever be heard because the file is corrupt for some reason i don't know yeah that might be part of the problem i don't even yeah fuck yeah but that, that sucks i know man i don't know what the shit happened dude I have no idea just sometimes skype recorder wants to fuck me over and indeed it does bastard skype recorder but anyway you were talking about your movie jagoff massacre the jagging part two Part two, yes, last night, started. uh, it started, um, we really begin of the week, it, this is how I got us started from the beginning, cause beginning of the week, we really wanted, uh, you know, we, we knew we were going into this, and, uh, it's been quite a few months since we've recorded anything on film. Several, and I mean literally several, uh, casting changes. I think, is, is this like the first one where one dude went to Ferguson and went to jail? And- well, that's all been happening during this second one. Yeah, yes. Damn. And not only, uh, like last night was actually a very key shoot. And like I said, starting from the beginning, it just, this was a combination of we finally got our shit together. Um, got everybody we could like, uh, any, anybody that was gonna be in the movie, that always wanted to be in the movie, is now a part of the movie, but mainly it was us replacing, uh, cast members and different things of that nature, and just rewriting the script ten times over since the beginning of the summer. And it all, it finally came to a head last night, where Wednesday at one point, we had everybody! We got everybody. We knew we were going to shoot. We almost didn't have camera equipment. (laughs) That would help. Yes. So uh, talking to Bryce, uh, he's taking care of some personal things. He was the only one missing. So it was me behind the camera the whole night and figuring out how to do stuff. And it was Dan spending most of his time in front of the camera because he had to play a couple dead characters of characters that we killed off from the first film because it had to be done. And Tell me Wacky Tony isn't dead. No, Wacky Tony... Dude, all the Wacky Tony stuff is pretty much done. We've gotten that out of the way long ago. That People will be happy with that. If anything, we might do one quick reshoot, but he... Wacky Tony, A, has a bigger part in this movie. B... People will enjoy the stuff that goes down with Wacky Tony because of what we do. But see, he was actually the least of our problems. And last night was a big step in that. Uh, we got finally got all the Satanists together. Uh, the best way to describe it is imagine the Satanists finally get their laugh in. They kill a couple key characters and the Satanists once again turn into the Three Stooges. We literally were able to recapture some of the magic from the first film, and everybody had fun. Everybody was in on it. We shot for about four and a half hours last night. Uh, got a lot of footage, a lot of stuff. Uh, we got rained on, and the rain kind of dampered some of the stuff we wanted to do, but we did. It was a huge step in actually finishing Jagoff Massacre 2, and it was a lot of fun, and 
just the aftermath and made Dan lay on a wet ground for uh, about an hour for no apparent reason. <laughs> I, I told him, I was like, that's as I told him, I was like, yep, got you back. That was for a couple years ago on Jagoff Massacre when I laid on a cold alley when it was like 25 degrees <laughs> and I was losing feeling in the left side of my body. But yeah, we it, last night was huge because we finally had stand-ins. We we were actually professional without being professional and got Good a lot stand-ins. of stand-ins. You're moving up in the in the world here, dude. Uh, uh, what we've had to do to even get to this point last night was a very very huge accomplishment, and and probably another week or two after Halloween, we're gonna. Probably finish up. We got to re. We want to reshoot some of the beginning of the film that was seen in the trailer, um, and a couple other little things. And I think uh, after that, we just gotta tie up a few scenes, and we might start doing some editing for the sequel. That's how nice. much that was like a big part last night was to kill off characters, set in motion some other stuff. We put it this way. We, we've gone ahead and actually acted so professional and have planned stuff ahead of time. We're not saying who it is, but we actually, just in case, we are going to be recording some, uh, excuse me. We're going to be recording some, uh, lines over Skype with one of the cast members that were in the first movie, no longer in the second movie. We might do like a, Old style Godzilla dubbing of Japanese filmmaking uh, <laughs> for one of the Satanists. <laughs> it just we we got some other stuff lined up. We you're got doing that over Skype. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's kind of like what we did with Ferrati, and it worked out. Say, so, don't use that Skype recorder, man. You'll fuck yourself. <laughs> no, well, we got a couple other things we could do, and that's why. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be recording some sound. But like I said, last night was a big, big to-do, and we got through it. And I'm going to be – I just posted some pictures from last night. Uh, the Chuck, uh, Chuck Connors, the real Chuck Connors, his wife took some pictures. And I'm going to post a picture of what I found in the bathroom taking a pee at 1130 at night. You mean Chuck Connors, close personal friend of Alec Baldwin, super actor Chuck Connors? Yes, sir. Nice. Yes, but yeah, there, believe me, you'll laugh at the picture. This is, it's like, this was basically the combination of what I found in the bathroom and really had no clue what it was until somebody's like, oh yeah, those are, those are the horns that the humunculus was wearing. I was like, those <laughs> don't look like horns to me, buddy. Just, it's like, there's just fake blood and shit in the bathroom. It's just the perfect ending for last <laughs> night is what it came down to. Nice. So, but that was how it went. It was a lot of fun. People, and like I said, if, uh, it turns out the way I think it turns out, I, it just, people are gonna have a blast again with this film. Uh, people will enjoy this just as much as the first one. Cool. More wacky Tony. More yes. animal hand. Animal, or, Animal Hand 2, Portal through Portals Through Time. And yes, we did. At some point, we have filmed that short film that goes inside the movie, Portal Through Time. <laughs> Is Mark Singer involved? 
<laughs> oh, dude, we would love to have Mark Singer involved. I don't think he's involved in anything anymore. You can get him for cheap. Like, just have your wife cook. I'm sure he'll show up. Yeah, it's not like he's doing anything. Yeah, hey, man, come to Pittsburgh. My wife can cook some awesome food. Portals. Come on, hook it up, Mark Singer. But how was your night, sir? Oh, man, well, let's just get into it, dude. Uh, We went to, well, first of all, MVP of the week goes to Josh from down the road. That kid, holy shit. That kid went, let's see, what was it he was telling me? Friday... He went to see Danzig, Superjoint, and Prong. Damn. Motherfucking Prong, dude. I know. I was pissed. I was like, God damn. Fucking Prong. He goes to Cleveland to see those guys. Drives home, meets me in the parking lot of his apartment, gets in my car, and we go to Shelbyville to the Skyline Drive-In to their horror movie shit. These guys at the Skyland, they're in with Grindhouse releasing, I think. Because that's, that's who they're getting their 35 millimeter prints from. But anyway, last night, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of raining, which kind of sucked. But it didn't suck because Silent Brian showed up. Which never happens. Silent Brian, you know, you know how you got your friend? Yes. Silent Brian's my best friend. But, I haven't seen him in like six months, and it just doesn't matter. Just, uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I know you like give me updates to this dude. It, it pick, it pick, like you, the friendship picks right up, and it's like you just saw him yesterday. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, I don't see Silent Brian for like six months because he's an expediter. He drives all over the fucking place, and and then like he just crashes at my house for like five days and just fucks around. That that's normal. But Silent Brian shows up. Sporting a fucking Duck Dynasty beard down to the middle of his fucking belly. <laughs> Jesus Christ, weird beard. Have you showered since last time I seen you? <laughs> I thought Dan Haggerty showed up. I was going to beat him up. <laughs> was he from the channeler? <laughs> no. The fuck he's sporting, like he could, his beard is so righteous. Like he could just, he's in Mastodon now. Like he, he could be in any metal band. They just let him in because his awesome beard. But he showed up, me and Josh and Brian went to, uh, where was it? Shelbyville, to the drive-in, yes. to witness the grand, the, the greatest fucking movie ever been made, Evil Dead 2, on the big screen, the drive-in, and I was a little bit bummed that it wasn't in 35mm. Yeah, but you're I, saying that. I figured it would be, cause last year when we saw we saw Night of the Living Dead, and it was on 16mm, and City of the Living Dead, and what was the other one they played last year? Oh, Evil Dead, and they were both 35mm, but it, it was just Blu-ray. They Well, I don't know if it was Blu-ray or not, they projected it, but still, greatest movie of all fucking times. Nothing, nothing will ever fucking beat Evil Dead 2 for me, and if it does... Boy, Mad Max Fury Road came kind of close, and that's the only movie for me that would ever come close to Evil Dead 2. But we watched that, and we also watched Lucio Fulci's The Beyond, which I know people swear by that movie. Mm -hmm. That is their Fulci jam. I don't like that fucking movie too much. I like it, but I, I, I'm with you. It I understand was, where you're coming from on that. It was really hard to watch, man. I, that was in 35 millimeter, which was cool. 
Yeah, I like it. And I, I like the Beyond, but man, that was a tough one to fucking watch. Like, it just kept going and going and going. And I'm like, oh my god, this movie. You know, you're sitting there watching, you know, when you sit there and watch a movie and you're just like, get the fuck on with it. That's what it was last night. But, you know, hey, it was super cool. Gore, all that good shit. Fulginess, you know. Hey. Yeah. But maybe next year, since I've seen City of the Living Dead on 35 and the Beyond, maybe next year they'll get to my Fulci Jam house by the cemetery. Which that would be, be a cool one. Like, see, for me, it's Gates of Hell. Yeah, that was fucking, that was rad as shit in 35mm. Yeah, and though, I've gotten to see that in 35mm. And... Yeah, even though it was a different cut that didn't have the Bob Death in it. Yeah. But, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool trip. And came home last night, and as soon as I walked in the door, uh, I was, I was just out. Like, I, I was dead on my feet. I laid on the couch, turned the TV on, and was going to sleep on the couch. Yeah. Turned it on Encore, Evil Dead 2 starts, and I watched it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is the greatest fucking movie ever. Well, you see what's playing on Stars October 30th, correct? Yeah, all three. Yep, all three movies, and Bruce Campbell is hosting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I, I watched, did you get to see, they have, they've posted the first four minutes of the Evil, Ash vs. Evil Dead everywhere? No, but I don't want to see it, because I want to watch it. I know, I watched, they had, it was on a commercial. I watched I've, the first four I, minutes. And it yeah, I was going to say, because I know there's a couple of critics out there that have already said they've watched the first couple episodes. Oh, I could, you know, give me ten minutes and I could get the first two episodes. Yeah, so I'm I guessing they put know. those out there and somebody just said, hey, look at this. Yeah. Because <laughs> they put it out there for critics or whatnot. Um, the fans are liking it. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I'll be the judge of that. I am the ultimate Evil Dead fan. I'm trying to stay away from all that until it premieres. Like I've yeah, read too. a couple I'm of not... things, but I've been trying. I, I'm, in it, you know how it is. I'm weird like that. I wanna not be surprised, but I wanna enjoy it. I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah. And Silent Brian is jazzed about it too. He can't fucking wait, which surprises me because he's he's fucking Mister Mister Steal Everything off the internet, and he hasn't watched it yet. So. Wow, that's, yeah. We were having that discussion last night before we started shooting Jagoff Massacre 2, because I don't know if you heard about this happening. Um, Mike Menendez, who best known for... Uh, Rich, right? No, no, no. That's uh, Eduardo Sanchez, and uh, I forget the other dude's name. No, uh, Mike Menendez, The Convent. Oh, he did one, of, I'm thinking of a different guy. He did one of those uh, eight films to die for once, too. Yes. I can't remember. The Grave one. Dancers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, apparently, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. Uh, he, I guess, he, somebody that was close to him or whatnot posted on Facebook. And I guess this got around after he started. The worst thing you can do is, as a celebrity, yeah. start replying to a lot of people's Facebook or Twitter posts. Oh yeah. That's never, that's why like the smart thing to do if you're, you know, somebody like that is have somebody run those accounts for you. 
Yeah, and you could tell this was clearly not somebody running one of those accounts. <laughs> this was him himself. Yeah, that's uh, why I don't follow those people. And basically what happened was, like I said, I don't know if it's still up there or if it got taken down after so much, but apparently uh he replied because it was about Tales of Halloween, and I guess he's involved with this. Yeah, I started, I started watching it and I, I didn't get through the fucking credits and I passed out. I, I have a copy and I want to watch it, but I guess people were, hey, that movie looks awesome. I heard about it. Can you get me a copy? Not where can I buy it? You know, where I do this, you know. Oh, yeah. And he just went into this tirade and basically, you know, now on Allians people start bitching. There's no sequel. You know why? Because you fucking stole it off the internet and just going on and on. And I'm not saying it word for word. That was the, how to put it, the, the gist of the post and basically saying this is why there won't be a sequel to Tales of Halloween. And because you're stealing it and not paying money and all horror fans babies they can't wait for stuff and it's like and dan and i are talking about this and i said i understand but a couple years ago i was the same way how can you download stuff things of that nature my thing my opinion turned when i have found out how many spookies for one uh how many of these movies are have become tax shelters or whatever you want to call it over the years and you know good chance we don't see some of these movies still but i'm a big person into let me get rid of this fucking commercial go away thank you um but i was a big proponent like i didn't understand bootlegging um but once I started finding more and more out about some of these out of print titles that had no business being out of print. Well, let's, let's, let's say this. Like, I, I, I'm not saying I'm all for it, but I understand it a hell of a lot. I don't consider what, like, out of print Dan does bootlegging. No. Even though it is. Yeah, but he's, he sticks with mostly 80s stuff that is not out there. You're not gonna be able to find it anywhere. Yes, exactly. Go to, any store and get it like maybe maybe you could get it if you had like a scarecrow video yes you know we all don't live in seattle we're the awesomest place exactly yeah yeah um and that's where i was going with this long way around it but uh point is dude was going off on people and i said to dan he should not be upset with the people out there downloading it yes it sucks people like are sitting on the internet waiting for that to drop at Pirate Bay or Cinemageddon or uh, some kind of torrent site. That uh, you're... Also, fuck Cinemageddon. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. There yeah. is people sitting there waiting mm-hmm. for any movie, not just a horror movie, right. so they could boot the piss out of it. Well, I said part of this problem has become uh, the studios. And I honestly believe if Menendez has a problem, he should take it up with the studio that he worked with. My reasoning behind this, uh, 
all the studios don't want to do film first off. They're all going digital. They're all going to that VOD format. Yes, they're all going digital, which makes it a hell of a lot easier to steal. And like Dan even said, for the most part, soon as it goes up on iTunes, you hit two keys and poof, you could put it out there yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Even though it's going to iTunes, and this is the transition that I think a lot of uppity, you know, the uh, how to put it, the upper echelon people of the studios in the industry don't understand is even though you're not putting it out in theater, people still don't want to pay fifteen dollars to see it on iTunes. Or I've never, yeah, I've never bought anything off. Of or nine ninety nine on demand. Or you know what I'm saying. And the sad part is, even a lot of these people that do download the movie, if they like it, they will buy the DVD. But here's the problem. When you do this digitally and put it out there digitally, um, instead of going through the route of film and letting it hit the theaters and you just don't even put any money into advertising anymore, you're just using word of mouth because you're saving every little penny, it's going to come back to you in some form or another. And this is how it's coming back. Because people, word of mouth, yeah, Tales of Halloween is supposed to be good. But here's the problem. People want to see it in theaters. They don't want to pay $15 online to watch it online. Enough but you of know the- you're not going to get those those type of movies in theaters. Yes. You're going to get the big AAA titles. Yeah, but the thing is, people are going to be like, hey, I'm not going to spend $15 on this online. And B, they're not going to wait three, four months for it to go to Redbox or whatever you want to call it, Netflix, those types of places. It's there. It could be sent to you. <laughs> and that's why people don't fucking care. It's like, it's their way against the system. And if anybody, you should go back. The studios wanted this. The industry wanted this. You forgot everybody has the technology now also. <laughs> technology has gotten mm-hmm. cheaper. And that's why I was sitting there and Dan and I were talking about this. As much as I understand where Menendez is coming from and he's sitting there bitching at people and horror fans on Facebook, your rage is going to the wrong crowd is what I, is the bottom line is to summarize the whole thing. Right. You, you want to bitch, you want to complain, go and bitch to the, uh, to the people, uh, the producers or whoever had the final say of Tales of Halloween. Go bitch to them. Go bitch to the studio. They're the ones that decided, hey, Tales of Halloween, not big enough to be in, uh, uh, it, it's not big enough to be in the theaters. And hey, we're just going to release it same day as DVD. Or it's going to come out on video on demand first, which makes it so much easier than it being on DVD because for some reason, uh, people, it, to me at least, in my opinion, it seems people steal the movie when it comes to video on demand first before DVD. It seems like it has uh, some time before it does get out there when it comes to DVD first. And I don't know why. I don't know how that is. But that is the perception I have. It seems like when they do these direct video on demand uh, releases... Oh, that thing is up. It's gone. It's on, you know, it's on your Cinemageddon's and whatever, your torrent sites. It just seems like everyone has it. 
So that's a, and not, tr- you know, like I said, it just, it was funny. I didn't know if you caught this or got to see it, but I just found it funny and we were talking about it last night and I just, his, that dude's rage as a filmmaker, totally understand it, but I think your rage is towards the wrong people in my opinion. I think it's honestly should be towards more the studios giving a fuck of what happens with the films, what happens with the movies more than anything else. Uh, it, it just, they're putting them out there in 99.9% of the movies, unless it's Transformers 17, like you said, triple A movies, they don't care. They studios don't care if they get stolen in reality. Yeah, I, I, there's so many ins and outs on this download and shit. The, I'm not, I mean, everybody, I download shit. Most, like, I really stopped even watching, let alone downloading, like, mainstream stuff. I'm always, like, going to get the weird sh- Like, Kenny and Company, I had to get it from Out of Print Dan. Yeah. I, I wasn't finding that at a Walmart. I would love to have a legit copy of fucking Kenny and Company. It'd be great. But just the shit, I don't know, man. There's there's it, too many fucking like. There's no right answer in this. Yeah, and that, that that was the other thing I was getting into. But I will tell you night. this: you cannot argue free. Yes, you're it, never gonna beat that. People will steal. It's free. Yes, but in, in but that's that. the sad part. Dan and I were like after we like discussed that and said, yeah, like what you're saying, you can't argue with free. But it does come down to horror movie fans, unlike some other fans, will be hey be happy with if they like that movie, mm-hmm. they will go buy it. They will go buy that Blu-ray. They will go buy that DVD. Otherwise, we wouldn't see fifteen different versions of Army of Darkness. It, it, I mean, yeah, it, it, they you wouldn't see the Walmart re-release Blu-rays of all the stuff they just re-released. I yeah, up like three of them for. I think six bucks a piece. The money is there. Mm. The money, it, believe me, the money is there. Uh, th- people will get it. That's, it just, like I said, I, it, just going back to the original point, uh, that rage, especially, you do not put that kind of rage out on Facebook. <laughs> it just, well, you can, but you're just asking for it. Yeah, and the only thing that's worse than Facebook is if you put it out on uh, Twitter. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. there is the such thing as tr- Twitter trolls that just, that's what they do. They wait. Yep. I don't even, I barely do Twitter anymore. They, they're they they're waiting for you the whole way. And even the worst shit, even like the stuff that, I don't know if... It's just me. It might, yeah, I don't know. It might just be me, but I can't stand the fucking people. They get everything for free. And uh, because they're like YouTube celebrities. Yeah. Like, fuck you. <laughs> it, it's almost like those type of dudes shove it in people's faces. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, fuck. Whatever. Yeah. And, and I, I've talked to different people and stuff like that about, uh, Things that, like I said, yeah, I do get some screeners from Synapse now, and how you did that, I want to know. Yeah, and I do get some screeners from a couple other places, but 
I know some people probably have no business getting a lot of the free stuff and they get that stuff and it just pisses me off because it's like that's all they do is sit there and like, I got this, I got this. And it's like and they didn't pay dime one for it. Uh, and I've said, if I'm not getting screeners, you've seen me put out money for even independent movies at different conventions because I want to watch them. I, I totally dropped like almost a 100 bucks at the Severn table. Yeah, I mean, I want to get those, or I want to, how to put it, I want to, uh, support those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just, but there is certain people out there that their goal in life is to literally live off of other people. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and the Kickstarter people too, man. There's, this Kickstarter shit's out of fucking control. It's out of control, Tim! <laughs> Out of control. I can't, you know what, it, it is and it isn't, like, somebody for, like, Steve Radinsky, which, by the way, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's a few more days left, I don't know if by the time you hear this show, uh, Steve Radinsky, who did Wolfster, Wolfster 2, Everyone Must Die, Captain Z, Super Task Everyone Force 1. Everyone Must Die is fucking awesome. What's that? Everyone Must Die is awesome. Yeah. Everybody can like, find that. He did his own version of the Avengers but with, he's finishing up the film, but he did it with, uh, his characters from all of his movies. And I, he, he told me about it because I, I knew about it beforehand that it was going down before he started telling people about it. Told me he's bringing back Wolfster. And why is that important? Because Wolfster was like one of the first characters, first movies he ever did like a decade ago. And I was happy because I always enjoyed that film. Um, but basically he did an Avengers with all of his superhero characters and they're facing off against a movie he did that got received very well at Horror Realm called Slasher Hunters. And it's basically, it's all, good the, one too. What's that? yeah, it's That's all the horror icons and basically his good guys are fighting the bad guys and it's really cool concept. And all he was looking for was $500. He wanted help with some uh, to make sure he got the costumes and some stuff like that. But the thing was like um, ten dollars or twelve dollars, I think it was, got you a signed DVD from him of that movie coming. Uh, Twenty-five dollars gets you a signed Blu-ray and something else. Um, Fifty dollars actually gets you all of his movies on Blu-ray in a Blu-ray collection, which that's a very nice thing right there if you've never been introduced to Steve Radinsky or you only have Everyone Must Die because I know that movie got out there but it includes Red Christmas one of his later uh, latest uh, releases which is a good flick um, you get his movies all on Blu-ray in one big package which is pretty cool and like $100 of course you get all that and you get a producer's credit and then I think he had something like $250 or something. I don't think anyone took that one, but basically I think he writes in a role for you for the next movie he does. Kind of like a Charles Band thing. But I, it, like, all he was looking for, it was not an astronomical amount, which I thought was cool. And he has a l- little five minute video and it basically explains, it's just him showing clips of what he shot so far and just explaining, look, I'm just looking for money to cover the costumes. That's it. And in return, you will at least get a DVD for this, you know, 12 bucks. Yeah. You're getting a DVD, period. Which, the sad part is, if you've seen them at a convention, you'd probably pay that amount of money for that DVD anyhow. Mm-hmm. And 
what you get here is you're going to get it before everybody else does, which is kind of cool. So, like I said, that's that kind of thing. I understand. I like it. But I know where you stand and where you're coming from when you're seeing people out there. I need $50,000 to make I this just, Yeah, no, I, I don't do any. There, I will never give. I did once. And yeah. I'll yeah. never do it again. Yeah. You know, now, I'm not a fucking movie producer, man. And some of the shit is ridiculous. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's just I need to quit. I, I do. I need to quit Facebook. If it wasn't for this show, I don't care about other people's kids. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> that's all there is. Fucking people's kids, uh, the food that they eat. Uh, Ed, I, I think I know what everything that Ed has ever ate. <laughs> he takes pictures of everything he eats. Well, so did, John Cross did that for a good while, too. Like, I don't – it's just – and then the shit, it's like, uh, hey, uh, my – Wife's dentist had a house fire. Uh, go go to his GoFundMe site or my kid needs braces. Uh, here's my GoFundMe. Site. Man, it's it's begging mentality that I have no fucking tolerance for. Mm-hmm. There, there's a sh- there's a way to do that stuff, and it's 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 usually like you know what, get a job. That's what the banks are for. Loans, pay them back, get credit, establish that. I know I sound like a fucking old grandpa right now. Get off my lawn. Yeah, get the fuck off my lawn. Maybe I need to, I do. I fucking need to quit Facebook. I would I'm putting to. razor blades in your apples now. Yeah, goddamn kids. <laughs> With your fucking wheelie carts and your, get off my lawn, motherfuckers. But anyway, I digress. I'm gonna fucking say something I probably shouldn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Grumpy Kyle just fucking, like I'm sick of it. I'm sick, I'm sick of Facebook. I'm fucking sick of, of, uh, I don't care. I just don't care about anything that gets put on there anymore. Except for, like, if it wasn't for Danzig memes, and Ric Flair was there. Yes, I've seen the one. Oh lord, people, those pages bring brightness to my day, every day. (laughs) Flair was there, and Danzig memes, that's all Facebook is good for. But anyway, what you what have you been watching, sir? Oh, hold on a second. Let me uh, bring. Cause Do you I, want me? To, I'll go. I'll go, go for you. Go first, because I, I was trying to look something up real quick. Well, I got to see Bone Tomahawk. Okay. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. The Kurt Russell versus. Yes. I was gonna say Dan knows about that. Dan knows about it. Yep. Uh, don't get your hopes up. Okay. Yeah, I've heard. Uh. I, I liked it. I'm it is very uh average. Uh, very, it, you know. Sometimes I have those problems with the slow-paced fucking movies, like Suspiria. Yes, where it's just like, oh, do something happen. Not Suspiria. I meant the Beyond. I know what you mean. It's like, oh my god, fucking come on! Now that uh, you pissed it, off it, everyone, <laughs> it's almost like that. Kurt Russell's fucking awesome in it. You know, like. He's not playing Tombstone Cowboy Kurt Russell. Oh. He's, he's put, like, Tombstone is, you know how in Tombstone where, where he's just like, I'm, I just don't want to be a fucking sheriff of this town. Yeah. Just leave me alone. I want to be with my brothers and, and run this fucking bar. And then finally they piss him off and he becomes ass kicker. Okay. Uh, he's like the, I don't want to do this Kurt Russell. 
through the whole movie. He's very dry. Uh, the dialogue's fucking great, man. They like use like the old fucking West vernacular. It's pretty cool, like the way they talk to each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. Matthew Fox is is really good in it. He, the dude from Lost. He, 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 man, I'll tell you what. This fucking facial hair doing some overtime in this movie. Matthew Fox has a stellar fucking mustache. And Kurt Russell's mutton chops beard combo. Woo, that thing got hazard pay, baby. That thing was nice. And, but, it's not, um, like, exaggerated whore. It's pretty, like, the, the guys they go find, they, they run afoul. Basically, Kurt Russell's the sheriff of this town. He's got a deputy that's a really old man that he calls old man. Uh, that's the, like his character trait is he's kind of stupid and, you know, Mm -hmm. he's just, he's just dumb. And, you know, they're, they're buddies. Uh, Matthew fought or no fuck is Patrick Wilson. I think, yeah, Patrick Wilson is uh, like a foreman for some people doing some work up there and he had fell fell off the roof of his house and broke his leg and he's healing but uh cannibals these this crazy fuck cannibal tribe rolls into town one night and steals this drifter and his wife and the coolest thing about this movie guess who guess who is in guess who holds the first five minutes of this movie who's <laughs> in it that's it sid Hag. i heard he was in it yeah, he's in the first five minutes, and it's like, all right, fucking righteous. Sid Haig is running this thing for five minutes, and it's it's pretty sweet. Uh, but you know, cannibal tribes roll in and and steal this lady, and it's up to Kurt Russell and old man and Matthew Fox and the guy with the busted leg to go after him, and it's it's them. They these cannibal dudes are it's kind of they're not well established what they are. Mm-hmm. They're called, they're troglodytes, is what they call them. Which okay. bummed me out because they weren't the little creatures from the pit. But, like, all the violence is, is not exaggerated. It's really, like, kind of stark and, mm-hmm. like, there's, there's, there's a kill in this movie that made me just fucking cringe and pull my legs towards my chest and go, oh! It's like the worst kill I've ever fucking, like, I've seen in a long time. And it's practical, and it really kind of like, oh, God. But, you know, uh, it's a very fucking dour down movie. Hmm. I liked it, but it was that pacing issue that I have. That it, it, It's a good movie, but it did take me three times to get through because I kept falling asleep. I'm planning on watching it when I don't know. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it better than I did. Because I, I have it. Without even before I asked, you told me to ask for it, I now have it. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch, everybody. I mean... And that, and that was the sad part, because I met somebody at somebody new to Jagoff Massacre, uh, mm-hmm. to the crowd, and uh, I just, I guess they heard from Dan... How much of a Kurt Russell fan I am? And they're like, yeah. They just they said to me, "You're like you're Tim, right?" It's like, "Yep." They're like you know, we're talking, and then just he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You're really into Kurt Russell, right?" He's like, "Yep." He's like, "Got a copy of Bonehawk Tomahawk <laughs> for you." Go. For you, <laughs> it's like I 
is like random people are now asking me if I need Kurt Russell movies. It, it's do everybody take my advice though. If you watch Bone Tomahawk, stick around for the, the there's a song over the credits. They do the fucking graveyard shift shit. No the credits of Bone Tomahawk. They they recorded a song and it's bad. It's it's, it's like terrible. It's like an old Westy song about Bone Tomahawk. It's Did they find John Carpenter from Big Trouble in Little China? It's on that level, dude. <laughs> it is. It's not a music video, but the song is truly like I can't believe that they made a decision to put that in there. It's 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 it doesn't help things. I'll just put it that way. But it's not a bad movie. It's just I I I hope it does good. Good. But it just seemed to me like a warm-up for uh, Hateful Eight for Kurt Russell. I mean, Kurt Russell puts in work. He's great. Yeah. He just doesn't get all Kurt Russell-y, you know? He's not McCready in this. He's not Jack Burton. He's very, I don't know, like dry and old. I mean, we got to face it, dude. We were talking about this last night, me and Brian. We're getting fucking old. Yep. It sucks. <laughs> but I think I think I could like old Kurt Russell. I'll tell you what, though. That man's DNA, Kurt Russell's DNA should be bottled because if I could have a head of hair like that at probably 65 and grow some fucking facial, facial hair like that man could, that, that's like a natural, should be bottled like a natural resource. You should just be able to get that shit at like Walmart. <laughs> you should, they should, Totally put his DNA in a time capsule and save it because it could save a human race at some point. Like that man is amazing. But I digress anyway. Uh, I found uh, a really cool documentary from PBS. It's on Netflix. Okay. And it's, a, it's about my dude. It's called Icon Richard Pryor. Huh. Oh, it's, it's an hour long. It's got, who's on there? Tracy Morgan, Louis Anderson, um, who's the Mexican comedian that had the talk show that failed? Uh, the fuck is that guy's name? Car- not Carlos Mencia, the other guy. Oh. The big dude. I think his name's George. George Lopez. Yeah, George Lopez. He gets yeah, a job no matter what, though. What do you mean? He, he, he just, George Lopez always seems to have a job the next day. Mm-hmm. He's on it, and they're ta- it, it's all about, like, Richard Pryor's life. Grow- like, the dude, Richard Pryor grew up in a brothel in Peoria, Illinois. Grew up in a fucking, his mom was a whore, his dad was a pimp, his grandma raised him, and she ran the brothel, and he was just beaten, and it goes through his early days where he was out in Vegas, and he was just fa- family-friendly. Basically, he was just a Cosby clone, and he was getting work. Until, like, one night he was up on stage at some casino, and he's looking out, and he sees all these white people, and he sees the Rat Pack in there, and he's doing his gig, and he just, and he finally realizes that he's just like, you know, the, the safe, uh, funny black guy that's pretty much, he, he's not his own dude. Mm-hmm. He's just basically Bill Cosby Jr. And he walks off the stage, and he says, fuck this, I'm out. And he go he goes to Berkeley and you know shacks up with some people, does some drugs, 
and finds his own voice and comes out and just fucking destroys. Like, if you don't like Richard Pryor and you like comedy, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Richard Pryor is the funniest dude that's ever been. It goes through his movies. Uh, it goes through him setting himself on fire. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, even coming back from setting himself on fire. Yeah. And doing the stand-up where he just talks about it and just murdering. And his, all his drug abuse and shit. And he goes in. It goes in and talks about how he got MS. And then he just uses that in his act as a, as a bit. Mm-hmm. Talk about how his dick won't work no more and shit and just, like he was a very troubled dude, but oftentimes like those genius type people, are, they, they, yeah. they lack like social skills. Like some of the smartest dudes out there are also kind of fucking crazy. And it's just really good. It's fucking not your, there's another one called, uh, Richard Pryor Omit the Logic. I think this icon one is better, but I'm always about anything Richard Pryor. Yeah, it, it, interesting dude. Always I has. love him. Superman 3, fucking five-star cinema, baby. Take it from me, a guy who loves Superman 3. Richard Pryor's the man. Um, And that's all I watched, dude. What did you watch? Okay. Um, There was this independent film that I got. It was 27 minutes long. Uh, somebody sent me, I've been getting sent a lot of online screeners recently, and a lot of the reviews people could tell that you could see at grossmoviereviews.com. Um, this was another one some, somebody sent me, I believe this isn't a private, like people, a lot of the times they get private links. I believe this is up on YouTube, uh, publicly where you can go watch the movie. It's a 2008 film from an independent filmmaker named Jim Mitchell called Sequence of Demise. And basically, uh, it's exactly how I wrote it. It does live up to its title, and basically it's just a three friends and a baby have a quiet ride to the cemetery, and uh, two fucked up dudes decide, hey, it's time for rape, torture, and murder. <laughs> uh, it If you're a big Jason Hoover fan who does the collection, uh, he's out more your way. Uh, out in Illinois. Never been to Illinois, dude. Yeah, but while well, I'm saying he's out near you, though, yeah. more than me, uh, he'll come into Pittsburgh for Horror Realm, and he's at Wasteland from time to time. Uh, dude's gotten much bigger, does a lot of stuff with Horror Hound now. Uh, he's into that stuff. A lot of his movies deal with uh, that kind of context, let's say. Uh this fits like with him, August uh, Underground films like Totag Pictures, mm-hmm. uh, even Michael Maggot and his Double Dose of Terror. It fits in right there. And a lot of this, and he didn't come out and say it, but I even said it in the review. I feel like this is a filmmaker trying his first film, and basically it's not all about the torture and stuff like that. You could tell he was experimenting with the camera you had, hey, can I do, like, in the editing process, can I do this and split this scene in half, uh, give a different look to it, different shades to it. Um, to me, this is more of like, hey, this is my first rough cut. I'm going to just make a movie, and I just wanted to do a quick film and see what I can do before I move on to other projects. And he seemed really appreciated, appreciated the review and everything this is this dude actually seeked me out to review this film so it was kind of weird uh 
but I've been getting a lot of that over the past several weeks, just filmmakers I've never even heard of seeking me out and sending me online screeners. And I, like I said, I believe this one, it's called Sequence of Demise. I believe you could find it on YouTube with no problem, be able to watch it if you're interested. Uh, you were talking documentaries. I watched another documentary this week. Uh, yeah. uh, David, have you seen this one, the David Bowie Five Years documentary? No, I would like to though. Um, yeah, if you're any kind of David Bowie fan, uh, I, weirdly enough, I've always enjoyed David Bowie's music. Mm-hmm. Always found him interesting. He's the Goblin King for fuck's sakes. Yeah, and the one thing, and I was talking to the wife while we were watching this, and the one thing that's always bothered me, outside of Alice Cooper, none of those people kiss, um, a lot of those kiss-like bands do not talk about Bowie at all when they're talking about influences. Nope. And it's like, I hate to tell all of yins, Bowie did it first. Yes. Bowie did it better. Yes, with Ziggy's, Ziggy Stardust and killed the character off at mm-hmm. its peak, which I've always found just interesting that the dude literally for 18 months or something just decided, hey, I'm going to be alien that plays music and it's just, I'm going to go on tour with it. <laughs> You know what I mean? And it's ahead, of, it's ahead of the curve, dude. Oh, yeah. And we're talking, this is like, what, 1972 he does this? And yeah. just puts out this amazing rock album. And, like, 18 months later, is like, yep, I'm done with that. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go do something else. Hey, mm-hmm. Motown. Let me go do a Motown record. It's just, it's like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the stuff he decided to do, it shows his talent. But the Ziggy Stars, the stuff that's always interests me because I know Alice Cooper um, is the only one that I've ever heard bring that kind of stuff up when they're always talking uh, music and not so much idols but influences and people that like were a part of that time. Kiss never brings up David Bowie, which well, bothers me. Fuck Kiss. And there's a few other bands out there, but no one brings up David Bowie. And this is very interesting. If you're any kind of fan of David Bowie or his music, what this documentary does is it picks out five years of David Bowie's life, different years, and just like their five phases of music that he did and what he did and how he went through the process and everything. And it's very, very interesting and Never realized that man, A, is talented. I Mm -hmm. knew that, but like super crazy talented. But what he does, like go through the process of like just how he's able to spit out like and just work with all these different musicians. It's amazing. They're literally... I never realized how many genres of music he actually crosses. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy amazing. And it's, even if you're a music fan, you definitely should check out this documentary. I've really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. So yeah, Kyle, I know you like documentaries. So uh, it's definitely something to look through, uh, check out and well worth. Cause it's all, it, they just from beginning to end, it's all David Bowie music too. It just, it's, cause the other thing is too, he kinda disappeared in the past decade or so. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I like you showed up in Zoolander, and you were like, "Oh yeah, I remember that dude." Yeah, well, that was that was the weird thing. Um, he had like that alternative album in like 2000 or whenever it was. I think he it was did around, a bunch of shit with Reznor. Yeah, like he showed up for an album, and it was just like, yeah. Um, I was grunge before All Yen's Idiots, and I figured that out. Did an album, really good stuff, and then disappeared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, I still know how to do this stuff. I like that. But yeah, definitely check out the David Bowie thing. Um, Kenny and company, we're going to be talking about that later, which is should be funny. Uh, I finally sat down and watched all of The Magnificent Seven this week. Still never seen it. Um, do yourself a favor. I know, I know, I know. I know I need to. I, hey, I was with you. I only seen parts of it, but I mean... Dude, here's the cast. Yul Brenner, uh, Steve McQueen, Eli Wallach, Charles Bronson, Robert Vaughn, and I can't always forget this dude, James Coburn. You mean Robert Vaughn from, um, yes. Superman 3? Yes, that's Superman 3. Yes, Zombie 4 or Zombie 5, Robert Vaughn. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Zombie 4, son of a bitch. <laughs> That flying head out of that goddamn refrigerator. But, uh, great, it's just a great western, uh, for me, I know people will think I'm crazy. Uh, for me, my favorite will always be good and the bad and ugly. Um, and I always have a soft spot, soft spot in my heart for outlaw Josie Wales. But, this is great. Magnificent Seven was, it's a great film, I understand. And I'm, I like Yul Brenner just because of Westworld. Always have. And mm-hmm. Ultimate Warrior. A great film to check out for anybody that's never seen it. Also watch Deathgasm, which we're gonna get into. And I will say this. Uh, outside of Mad Max, best movie of the year. Really? Deathgasm. Yep, I agree. <laughs> I just, outside of Mad Max, yes, Deathgasm. The inner, the inner 16-year-old Tim Gross wanted to get out, grow his hair long, and mm-hmm. start sporting the devil horns from the second that movie ended. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's just, I could, I literally probably laughed four or five times, like, uncontrollably. Yeah. Uh, and to top it off, all off, before I went to go, uh, start filming Jagoff Massacre 2 to get me in the mood for Jagoff Massacre 2. I have finally found it. John Cross would be proud of me. Uh, and maybe the three people that think I'm not totally insane <laughs> questioning why they read my reviews. I have found American Ninja 5. <laughs> and, and I watched it. <laughs> and? <laughs> it's... Poop, but it like had the rainbow brain of ninjas in the movie. <laughs> Every time David Bradley's character was fighting a ninja, it was like it was a whole th- like every ten minutes a new color of ninjas came out. First it was <laughs> first it was the color black ninjas. For, then it was the color purple ninjas. Color blue. The only color that didn't show up was red ninjas. <laughs> But it literally, it was the rainbow print. It was like, it, it, it literally is, um, I gotta wonder, I didn't look it up at all, but it, it, it really looks like this was 
American Ninja Five literally could be a prequel to the Power Rangers movement. Well, would it be better if it was like the uh, Gordon Ho Ninjas, where everybody had headbands that said Ninja? No, but this made it better because you had sweat stains and all. Like you could tell in some of these scenes, like it must have been like ninety some degrees, and these dudes are all wrapped up like the old style octagon <laughs> Chuck Norris ninjas, and they've been out in the sun for a few hours. Because <laughs> some of these dudes look like I was like feeling bad. I was like, yeah, um, get that dude a shower. <laughs> that, dude, that dude needs some bottle water. <laughs> yes. But it was, it was just, it's cheesy. It's PG-13, which I don't think any of the American Ninja movies are. Uh, but I was just, I was laughing how bad it was. And Pat Morita's in it. Oh shit, for real? Yes, he is. <laughs> he plays David Bradley Sensei in this. Nice. And gives him a kid named Hero to take care of for the weekend. Just have this kid for just the weekend? Uh, yes. But like I said, I had to watch American Ninja 5. I got to keep up my street cred. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> I have to find bad movie sequels. <laughs> I had to keep my street cred. But Can't be letting that shit slip, dude. Nope. No. But yeah, that's what I watched, sir. Well, I got... I got some can you dig it? Some interesting ones, I think. Okay. Let's get into them. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Um, I didn't know this. Well, I'll start with this one. Paranormal Activity, the ghost dimension came out. Yep. And nobody gave a fuck. That's, Nobody gave a shit. That's the sad part. That movie comes out and no one uh, – people are not downloading it. They're trying to block it from being downloaded. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I, I think I've seen them all. They're claiming the ghost dimension is the last one. I certain – none of them are remember – like – No. I don't remember shit about – any of them. I think I remember. Is this five or six? This is six, I believe, because the Mark ones came out. Yeah, I remember five because it happened in like a, uh, uh, like a Mexican barrio, fuck kind of like housing project with a bunch of Mexican kids, and that's about all I fucking remember. Sorry, T-shirt Joe. That I remember the most racist part about that. Movie. <laughs> it's coming to the point where like. If the Gallows wasn't called the Gallows, they would have called that Paranormal Activity 7. Yeah. Well, I am looking and, yeah, Paranormal Activity 7 uh, made $8 million. Wow. And Goosebumps is pretty, like, fucking kicking ass, dude. Is it? What did yeah. that do? Uh, another $15 million, 15.5. That's at least 40 for two weekends now. Yeah, for, it's up to 43.7. That's cool. That's, but the budget was 58. Yeah, so. but no, that's good, though. That's that good. Thing, that thing, like, I want to see that. A lot of people that I, I've seen on the Internet are saying, hey, this is fucking pretty sweet. Yeah, I think a lot of people, now that it's gotten out there after, and this is the second weekend for it, I think... Uh, 
a lot of the critics were wrong on this. And I said that from the beginning. I think people, yeah. <clears throat> it's, it suffered from the preconceived notion that with Jack Black in a movie, uh, a lot of critics, I think, were already saying, eh, movie bad. And well, yeah, he's not had a good one for a while. No, he hasn't, but sometimes you gotta set that stuff out of your mind before you watch a movie. And I, it, that's, when something like this happens, I'm glad the movie, even if I would have not sang its praises as much as I did, I'm glad when a movie does that, when there is critics with preconceived notions about different actors, Jack Black, different stuff like that. Like Eli Roth is a perfect example, and I even said that when I was reviewing uh, Knock Knock and Green Inferno. I hated the guy, but guess what? Green Inferno, good. I enjoyed it. It's not great. You're not going to get Cannibal Holocaust, the remake, but he got to make his Cannibal movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Congrats. Knock, knock. I wish you wouldn't have made that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But. And, and like Jack Black's one of those dudes. Like he has been around literally forever. Oh yeah. That you watch old like nineties. He's in the jet. Like he's, he shows up and doesn't even have like a lot. He was in the fan. I remember him being in a movie called Airborne. Airborne, yeah, Augie. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big movie around here. Yeah, where they play roller hockey in Cincinnati, yeah. Oh man, that, that end of that movie, people if you haven't seen Airborne, go get it because it's fucking good. Seth Green's in it. Seth Green, Jack Black. Devon Soya, I think that dude's name was. Or no, that might be a different dude, I'm sorry. No, he's not in that. No, uh. It's like, it's like his clone though. Yes. Yes. It's bootleg Devon. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a fucking really good movie, and the ending race down Devil's Backbone in Cincinnati was where it was filmed. Is some of the most like impressive fucking stunt work ever. And Tim Gross loves it because it's a rollerblade movie. Yes, it is a rollerblade movie. You have to have it. It should have been but part no, of Rollerblade like, Seven. Fucking re- Jack Black shows up in like everything. Yeah, he, he was a Demolition Man. Uh, he's in the fan and doesn't even have a line. Mm. He's in the jackal. Yeah. Like he's in all this fucking shit in the background and now he's pretty big and he's also in one of my favorite bad movies of all time, Nacho Libre. I thought we were talking about that. (laughs) Me and Brian were talking about that movie and that, that movie is the worst uh, movie going experience that me and Brian together have ever had. It's believe me, time's not being kind to that. That movie. We were all about, like, from the advertisements of Nacho Libre, me and Brian, we love Jack Black, because that was Tenacious D era Jack yep. Black. Yep. We love the D. We loved Mexican wrestling. And, like, what could go wrong? And we, we saw that on a double bill with one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies at the drive-in. And, like, the first thing that happened in that movie, it said a Nickelodeon production, and we were like, oh, no. Yep. Oh no. Were we, what happened? And it was a kids movie, and it wasn't funny at all. Yeah, even the kids except, didn't, didn't find it funny. No one found that movie funny, except for where he throws the corn at the dude. Yes. The corn cop. That's funny. I, but, like I said, it's still, I enjoy that as a bad movie. I, I, I just always have. Poor Nacho Libre. It could have been so good. Yes, it could have. 
That movie needed to be raunchy as shit and not for kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what are you going to do? And also, he's in, like, just the guy's in everything. You'll, you'll just be watching a random movie from the 90s and he'll just, like, walk through the background. It's weird. Yeah, he just shows up. Anyway, I digress. I, I know I've said that, like, fucking six times, but I don't know. Um, and, and let's not forget, as much as people take a big giant poop on Peter Jackson's King Kong, he was a huge part of that movie. I I do not like him in King Kong. I'm not saying I liked him, that, I'm just saying he had a huge part in that movie. Yeah, like, totally, I, I'm with everybody else on that one, miscast as shit. Mm-hmm. And, and that movie was just way too fucking long. Yeah. I, that movie was painful. I like I like that movie, but I watch it every time I watch that movie. I put the DVD in. Mm-hmm. I will start it when they get to Skull Island. I won't watch the fucking nonsense, the nonsense first hour. Yeah, don't need that shit. But I, I do want to see Skull Island when it comes out. That'll be cool. Um. Anyway, moving on. Uh, speaking of remakes, uh, did you know Martyrs was remade? No, but that's funny. Me neither. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! Like, Somebody pooped out a remake of. Mine. Surprise! This is like when we found out they remade Turkey Shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or it's uh, alive. Yeah, it's alive. Yeah, there you go. Everything's been remade. I just had to mention that because I didn't know it was fucking remade. But does hey, does Martyrs right. know it was remade? I don't know, but it it, it says it's not very good. I'm, I, I'm not a big fan of that. I I, I I understand. Why you're not a big fan. I like the movie, but I'm not crazy about the movie like some people are. I find I it to be... I don't think it's as shocking as everybody thinks. Yes, that I will agree with. I think it's a good movie, but no, I don't think it's over-top shocking that some people went to great lengths to make sure you knew about it. <coughs> oh, yeah. But, this is cool, though. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so who remade this and beats me i just closed the fucking i don't know i thought you knew no what orifice did this get pooped out it came from ed quillen's butt uh, that probably won't yeah i would ed, not doubt that surprise you'll get aids if you watch it <laughs> <laughs> because we have to revert to six-year-old kyle and tim when we talk about ed quillen um anyway this is news to me ed news of the week because i love this six episode Wolf Creek miniseries announced. Really? Um, will that, uh, lead character, oh, I forget that yes. name. He's yes. He's gonna be in this. Mick. Uh huh. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. John Jarrett, his name is John Jarrett, he's returned. And, uh, it says Wolf Creek, a six part drama series, is a psychological thriller set in the world that the fans of the film will recognize. But this time things are different. At first, the pattern is familiar. Mick Taylor targets an American tourist family to terrorize and destroy. But the tables are turned when 19-year-old Eve survives the massacre and starts to rebuild her shattered existence by embarking on a mission of revenge. Eh. I I, I like this, but give me Wolf Creek 3. Yes. I'm going to watch this because I love, like, Wolf Creek was okay. Saw it with Dad in the theater. Dad liked it. I I was kind of indifferent. I was like, eh, it's okay. It's not what I thought it was going to be. And then Wolf Creek 2 comes out and explodes my fucking I liked mind. Wolf Creek 2, and I it made me go revisit the first Wolf Creek and give it a chance. 
Yeah, I think I talked on the show when I talked about it. Yes, yeah, you did. It's a very chainsaw, I, chainsaw I, to deal. I'm, I'm wondering if this is one of those deals that uh, nobody wanted Wolf Creek 3, but they're like, well, if you don't want Wolf Creek 3, maybe we can make it a TV series. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be six one hour one hour uh, shows. So I'm trying. To... <sighs> it's really gonna depend where it's going. I it doesn't say where it's gonna end up, which I don't know. It's got to be on. It has to be on Netflix or, or a Showtime. Some, yeah, yeah, it's you gotta have the Gorn. Because if this is going to like NBC, I'm out already. I will not. Why, why do I it. think this is gonna end up on fucking Lifetime? It, yeah, it just I, 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 you know what I mean? Because this could be a Wolf Creek three. And oh, here we go. I don't know. It, 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 six one-hour series shows will premiere exclusively on Stan. In mid to 2016. I don't know what Stan is. Mm. That might be an Australian cable. Yeah, I was gonna say you gotta wonder if it's something like that. Yeah. See, that's this is for something like this. This is where downloading is good. I'll never. I don't know what Stan is. I, I know. I'm, I'm wondering if it's gonna be one of those things like it shows up in the summer in Australia and then comes to like DVD or, or Netflix or something. Something like that in America, like right after Labor Day, the really like. Get the Halloween crowd. I would hope so. I love this series. I want to see a part three. But uh, moving on, that's all I have. Do you have anything? No. No, <laughs> no I don't. We got Jagoff Massacre 2 off the ground again. That's can you dig it? Ta-da! Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to our questions because I know we got some. Okay, there's a couple of them. Let me... Before we get to our questions, I just want to say happy birthday, Ed. Happy birthday, Ed Quillen. You deserve it. Yes. Okay. I thought I seen something on our original page. Yes, Tristan Mar- Narlery Martin. Okay. A P in your butt productions. Yes, a P in your butt productions, and I've already pissed off now. He's just because he's asking something that is not allowed to be said in my own house. <laughs> uh, Christmas. You're not allowed to talk about Christmas before Halloween. Nope. Uh, that's wrong. That should be law. Yep. It is in my house. Uh, he says, hmm, should I ask a, uh, should I ask Christmas type questions? Cause no doubt this episode will not be out until then. <laughs> Fuck you, sir. He said, only joking, Bubby, right? Have you or Timbo seen Tales of Halloween yet? I know I'm going to be in the process. That might be one of the movies I try to watch this week. Not for yeah, joke, gonna, but I'm going to watch it this week. Too. Yeah, I want to watch it. I'm very interested. If so, which story did you enjoy the most? If not, please check it out. Me and Feldman and the Ghost Hame family <laughs> really enjoyed it. Nice. I like. If it, it. comes with with like Corey Hames, uh, or the Ghost of Corey Hames, thumbs up. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking in. It looks good. I yeah, mean, it does. I, I, what I literally only saw the credits, and it had Adrian Barbeau in a DJ, uh, like role. Yeah, I've heard Shepis so. and Felicia Rose are in the movie too, so it yeah, should be fun. Yeah, the credits. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fucking shit in that movie. There's like, I don't know. I was expecting like four stories. I think there's like eight or nine. I think it's ten. Jesus. Yeah, I think it's ten. Damn. 
Uh, Tristan Gnarly Martin, seeing as it's nearly Halloween, are there any flicks you always watch every year around the Halloween holiday? I mean, we go through this every year, but... Yeah. I, Maximum Overdrive yeah, is my holiday. Yeah, you were saying that. I said Fright Night and Trick yeah, or Treat. Trick or Treat, which I got to see with Joe Bob Briggs, so... Demons, Halloween 3, those are good ones. Yeah. I've watched Halloween 3 the other day, actually. I, I always try to pull out uh, Killer Party, and I always say Night of the Demons, the original. You know what? Kenny and Company is my new Halloween jam. It's a, it's a Halloween movie. It is. It's funny. It's fucking great. It, yeah. It's weird. It's corny. We're going to get into that. But, yeah, it is a Halloween movie. I'll give you credit. Uh, Martin also wants to know, are either of you fans of the TV series The Strain and Fargo? If so, thoughts on them? Um, I... I plan on watching for I have not seen any of Fargo, but I plan on binge watching it some some I I think that's what I'm gonna do uh over Thanksgiving. Yeah, I've been told I need to watch Fargo, but I can't Me too. bring myself to it yet and it's nothing against Fargo. It seems like cause Thanksgiving for me goes you know, we get like the week that week off. Yeah. And I always I have one one law. In, in my house, besides the, uh, no Christmas before Halloween law. Yeah. And that is, uh, Black Friday, I don't go into public. Yep. I totally like, agree I, with I you. I don't, I don't need any of that nonsense in my life. I used, so, I used to have, like you said, to have the week off. I used to have some vacation time that I always take before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But the old one-eyed guy that works at the pest control company, it's gonna die in somebody's attic someday. One-Eye Willie? Yes, old One-Eye Willie. Uh, hey, we met a, we met a, uh, a really cool dude like that this weekend at the, um. Evil Dead? No, yeah, at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. They have a little arcade in, in like this little, like barn. It had fucking Royal Rumble. The old arcade. Oh, game. yeah. And it's run, it's run by a guy named Neighbor Ned. <laughs> fucking Neighbor Ned hanging out there. He had to go visit Neighbor Ned. Love that game. Oh, my. But yeah, like, I used to have time off that week. Um, and then, like I said, old one eye Willie because he goes hunting and stuff like that. He shouldn't. Uh, yeah, he shouldn't. <laughs> He took that time, even though I was taking that. Well, he was taking that time, and he was taking all of Christmas time off. And I said to old one-eye Willie, I'm going to start going hunting. He's like, you're not a hunter. So it doesn't matter because you're taking all this vacation, and when I go to put in, I'm being told I can't take it. And <laughs> guess what, dude? I have three weeks of vacation time. My ass has been here long enough. Your ass better decide how much time do you actually want because I said – I will go in there and basically be like, look, he needs to choose. <laughs> and it's like, because I'll become a hunter and take all the time off after Thanksgiving when hunting season starts around here. As like, so you take your pick. Do you want hunting season or do you want Christmas season? He said he wanted hunting season. And now for the past like two years, and this will be the third year, I'm off for like 11 or 12 days again when Christmas comes. Nice. So it's just like you take your pick, Jagoff. It's like <laughs> I, because I, 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 from the time I started this job, I've had for 14 years. Soon as I got like vacation, that's what I did. I was off all of Thanksgiving week. 
and yeah, a lot of people. And do. like you, like you said, you do. There would be a day I would just watch all movies or watch all TV shows, and then there would be a day like uh, the wife and I would do some Christmas shopping for the kids, and then there would be a day where I'd just get totally shit face and do laundry and watch the most remote horrible movies there was. Mm-hmm. You know, really, you know, it's just normal, nothing to do, but stuff like that so but yeah i know what you're talking about uh the strain i watch for me do you do you still watch i'm it? still watching it i don't know about anybody else the strain better get a hell of a lot better next season if you i watched it up to like episode nine of the first season and i just kind of fell off I, I, dude it started off strong don't get me wrong really into it now i'm telling you what this is pretty poopy it's it is already into walking dead territory somehow it found its way into walking dead territory this past season and the sad part is it might go past the line of walking dead territory like what walking dead did in six seasons to get where they're at you mean bore the fuck out of me yes the strain had found the way to do that in this last season for me in like Less than a season of shows. And that's not good. That's not good at all. Um, cause, of course, Martin's next question is, have either of you been watching season six of The Walking Dead? If so, thoughts on nope. it so far? I started watching, uh, actually I was starting to watch the first episode tonight before I got on. I haven't watched the whole thing, but I was starting to watch it. Uh, check back with us next week, Tristan. Uh, I completely jumped off. It bored the fuck out of me. Yeah, and this, and you know what? It, because I've been gone since season four, dude. I'm not gonna. I was gonna back. say, uh, well, I refuse to watch Fear of the Living Dead or whatever in the hell it's being called right now. That is not getting good. No, and I'm glad I couldn't bring all. myself to start getting into that. So, you know, it just I think that's kind of the. Uh, this all goes back to Lost. Lost pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I used to watch that too. I'd get them from Netflix and I just kind of fucking stopped. Yeah, between Lost, uh, Smallville. Ever watched that one? Shows like that, I have stopped deciding I'm going to check out all these new shows. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Fargo, no. I, I mean, I, it probably deserves, I should check it out, but you know how. It is. It just, it's one of those things. I, unless a show like Hannibal really catches my attention, like something that interests me, I, I don't have anything against it, but if I don't have time for it, I make sure I never find the time for it. <laughs> right. Like I, I started watching so many shows and just, I, I, like Daredevil's a perfect example. I liked it, and I just never went back. Got, got like four or five episodes into it, and just was, eh. That, that just fucking kind of lost my interest. Ah, uh, okay. Moving on to other questions, we have. Look, here's here's the ultimate answer for that. Uh, Game of Thrones, nothing will ever be better. Mm-hmm. So I don't need any more TV shows until Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, actually, Ice versus Evil Dead's gonna get. I, dude, watch. I hope. I really do. Me too. I really do. Uh, I have two more questions. Steve Benningfield, old Ben Grimm. 
Ben Grimm. For Tim, I hear Mothra is going to be in the new Resident <laughs> Evil movie. Does that grind your gears? <laughs> God. <laughs> if I was to make a movie that was trying to specifically kill Tim Gross, that would be it right there. Resident Evil versus Mothra. Uh, no, because they both get suck out loud at the same time, then. <laughs> uh, last question, Patricia Stevens, uh, uh, girlfriend of bootleg Tim Gross. She wants to know, B&B crew, your favorite movie watching snack foods? Oh, last night, uh, I had some fucking good Polish sausage. Oh. At the fucking drive-in, had two of those, man. I'm not a popcorn fan. I do not like popcorn huh. at all. Like, popcorn is the best-smelling, worst-tasting shit in the world to me. Hmm. Popcorn, I just do not like it. I Let me think. I don't know. What about you? I don't know. I'll like, it depends. Know. Like, if I'm at the theater, yeah, I don't mind popcorn. I don't go out of my way to get it. Things. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not often do I get something. It is one of the few times I'll grab a Coke. These days, I used to drink Coke all the time, but it's one of the few times I'll get a Coke. But if I'm watching at home, and even since I was a kid, especially like if it's a Friday night, um, and I, in my mind, nothing beats uh, a pe- ordering a pepperoni pizza, watching you know back-to-back horror films. What's the pizza situation in Pittsburgh? I, dude. Like, who's got the best, who's got the worst? I don't go anywhere except Belserios, which is a few blocks from my house. They, I order from them all the time. That's all where we order from. Every once in a while to change it up. We do go from the place, go to the place that everybody talks about. That if you've ever spent any time in Pittsburgh, people talk about this place called Furies. Furious, Furious Pizza? Furious Pizza, yes. They'll be open until like 4 in the morning on Saturday nights. Because people, drunk people go in there and get a pizza. And they're fucking busy as hell at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, good pizza, but I think it's overrated at times. I think yeah. because it gets overrated because everybody's so fucking hammered. Yeah, yeah, we got a place like that here, but it's just a truck stop. Dad, people just go to it and think it's the greatest pizza of all time. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I said, Belserios, for many, many years I've ordered from them since I've been living at my house. Love that place. The wife and I get – and everything they make I think is really good. Uh, I don't vary from Belserios because there used to be a couple of places up the street from me on Brookline Boulevard. And, ah, too inconsistent. Belserios is always consistently awesome. And their pepperoni pizza just has just enough grease on it. Doesn't have a ton, but just enough. Well, let's talk about grease. <laughs> because I'll tell you the pizza situation here in Portland. Uh, we got a Papa John's. But, you know, I don't think Papa John's could make a good pizza if they did it on accident. Yes, I was going to say, I've tried it. and gross. I'm just saying. It's, eh. I mean, pizza's like sex. Even when it sucks, it's still pretty good. But Papa John's, nobody, it's, it's actually not even in Portland anymore. They, they shut down and went away. We had a Domino's move in and then it also shut down and went away. But we have a couple kick-ass pizza joints. One is called, uh, Paradise Pizza and it's literally this little tiny ass. I'm not even sure you can go in and eat. I think you just can pick it up or get it delivered. 
a pizza joint in an alley. And it's like a guy's house. It looks like a dude's house. But they have some righteous ass pizza. But the coolest thing, like their pizza is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But everything else they have is better. Like they have awesome tenderloins, awesome slaw burgers, awesome. It, they have these things. I'm going to talk about the horse cock breadsticks. Horse cock. Have you ever heard horse cock? We call them horse cock breadsticks around here. It sounds like Ron Jeremy dogs. <laughs> Ron Jeremy dogs could be the same thing. <laughs> Horse cock breadsticks are fucking fantastic. They're giant breadsticks that are, like, deep fried. And they come out, and they're huge, and they look like horse cocks. And you get three of them, and you can't eat three. Uh, if you could eat three, congratulations, you're way more of a man than me. But the horse cock breadsticks are great. But the pizza jam around here is a chain of pizza places called Pizza King. And... You don't, people that move away from Portland and come back, they always, they come to get Pizza King. Okay. It, it, that's the jam around here. And it's like, it's thin and greasy and just the best shit. Not, it's not a set. So not, not it, it's out. the, it is, it'll the, kill you. It is the Permani brothers. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's the shit that people that move away and come back to visit, they have to go. Yeah. To. Yeah. That's for Permani brothers. A lot of people do that. And it's expensive as shit. Mm. A large pizza wool is like 19 bucks. Mm. But people gladly pay it. And it is. It's the best pizza ever. And we got a decent pizza hut. But, you know, you can run yourself pretty fucking bored of pizza hut real quick. I, you know what? I still, I still enjoy pizza the hut. Uh, it's still fun to go to from time to time when you're out. Yeah, I miss all the kids' uh, pizza joints. Like, come in here, see our robot band. Fucking rock out. Enjoy your birthday. Have some pizza. The Chuck E. Cheeses, the Tex Critters, the Showbiz Pizzas. Those are all pretty fucking cool. Anyway, I wanted to have a little talk. Okay. little talk time. Didn't spring you. We were going to talk about this. But Star Wars. Did you watch the new trailer? Yes, I did. Uh, what do you think? It's pretty cool. I mean, it's, I'm not... Okay, first let me just say this. Am I happy there's a new Star Wars movie? Yes, I am. Am I going crazy? It, put it this way, it's not on the same level as Mad Max Fury Road for me as it is no, no, other no. geeks. Yep. Um, do I want to see it? Yes, I do. I I did I've always loved the Star Wars the original Star Wars Uh-oh. trilogy. I don't know. No, so. you're fine. I always enjoyed the Star Wars movies, but I am far from being a huge crazy super geek that needs to like basically quit their job right now so they could be in line. Right. It kind of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm jazzed. I think the trailer looks awesome. Yep. I think I think the movies are going to be awesome. I love Star Wars. It's my first memory seeing that was super fuzz. But I will say, holy fucking dog shit, has the goddamn merchandise got out of fucking Oh, yeah. My God, when Target's already right. putting out uh, um, uh, commercials and stuff like that for it. and Those people I don't like. Like those, those fucking nerds that have to 
be in the line and get everything first. And then, like, I hate those dudes, the super fans. I hate the fucking eBay dudes Mm -hmm. that buy all the shit and flip it on eBay for, like, double. Fuck those guys. That's a bunch of bullshit. But when I see Star Wars coffee mates and I see Star Wars, uh, there are things on my fucking Facebook right now. It attaches to your rear windshield wiper that looks like a lightsaber going back and forth. I uh, don't need that. Uh, enough with this. You have the fucking Star Wars license, Disney. Calm the fuck down. Star Wars bed sheets were pretty cool as a kid. Uh, this fucking marketing shit is out of goddamn fucking control. You're out of control, Star Wars. I'm, I'm but, into it. I, you know, I think it's cool, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm just yeah. not, I, I'm just not like, hey, I, the only thing I do question, and maybe it's just me. Didn't change your pants. I, <laughs> the only thing I do question, and now that we're talking about it, I wanted to get your opinion on this. And I know this has popped up in several places. The lack of Mark Hamill. Oh, in the trailer? In any of the trailers. Um, I think that, I think that's probably done for reasons. Yes. And I don't think it's a bad reason. It, no, it reeks of, like he's gonna have a role, you just not gonna be told what it yeah, is. Yeah, and I, that's, I was sitting there saying, I think this is something like huge, like Darth Vader huge. I think, yeah, yeah. I think, and it makes sense. I'm glad they're doing it, but yeah, the lack of anything. It's definitely suspect. Yeah, it just, uh, I, I'm glad they're trying to keep something back. And not put it all out there. Yeah. I think it's gonna be fucking good. And the people, I, I don't know. Man, the, the fucking, I know the new Star Wars, I know you're excited, but just calm the fuck <laughs> down. Calm your, calm your tits, everybody! Calm your tits! I know I read the story that the man committed suicide because the lead guy is a black dude. Good. Yep. We don't need you in our gene pool. Yeah, a lot of people were posting that, and then people were getting pissed. How can you say that? You know what? Honest to God. I think that's a fake news story, honestly. Yeah. I don't think that happened. Honest but. to God, it, it truly is uh, – Yeah, it's exactly like you said. If you're going to kill yourself over that, there is a lot of shit wrong, not only in your life, but in your mental state. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you didn't need to be in our, our gene pool. Thanks for killing yourself. Yeah. And the sad part oh, is if some other people would take that. <laughs> uh, just saying. <laughs> Sometimes it might help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, the gene pool is fucking flooded. But yeah, I'm jazzed for Star Wars. <laughs> but let's 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 take a break because I'm on a pee in my diaper. Because okay. I'm I'm an old man and I wear. I'm gonna pins. grab something to drink. So then. I'm gonna throw some thrash in your face, and we'll be right back.
know my DVR is working overtime right now, man. I am catching shit left and right. I've been through that guide so many times. I'm just going to have to fucking... I'll never watch any of it, which is the fucked up part, but... I don't know. I've had Flash Gordon on there since the day I got fucking satellite. Oh, they're advertising Flash Gordon's going to be playing on... Because uh, I think it's Stars or... Yeah, it, it's always on Encore. Flash yeah, Gordon. I was going to say, Encore... Yeah, Encore Classics is doing November is sci- Science Fiction Month. Yeah, I see this. Look at, like, the thing... Yeah, Flash Gordon is on the list. Uh-huh. So. so, everybody take note. We're back, if you didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, there you go. There's your Halloween TV watching guide from us. Uh, everything's pretty cool right now. Uh, let's talk movie of the year. Death Chasm. Ah, oh, Death Chasm. You know that evil heavy metal that your parents hate you listening to? <laughs> those lyrics about hell, demons, and doom. What if I told you it's all real? I know. I was there. Jesus! It's piss. That's me, Brody. My friends are losers. So we started a band. Check it out. Ricky Daggers. Is he dead? Wouldn't it be crazy if the music had something to do with demons? Demons. Translating those pages. Now people are turning crazy, like possessed, crazy. What's up? That was pretty cool. As is, I mean, the axe and the. You know, I'm not even sure I'm in the right tuning. First off, let me just say, it's from New Zealand, so you knew it was going to be good. Extra, extra stars. Yes, extra stars anytime it's made in New Zealand. Anyhow, Deathgasm, it begins with a kid named Brody who likes metal, but... His dad is the chief. (laughs) His mom is caught trying to give Santa Claus a blowjob in the middle of a mall, I think he says. Something like that. (laughs) And gets put away. Fairness, <laughs> man, they're pretty sexy sometimes. <laughs> Which was just a great beginning of a movie. <laughs> but he gets sent to his aunt and uncle's house, and basically his cousin David is a complete douchebag, 
And his uncle <laughs> is very Christian. Yeah, he's very religious. Which was great. But uh being an outcast, he finds uh finds some friends in uh a couple of people named Dion and Giles and he they're in the middle as he calls it, middle ass fuck nowhere. <laughs> and he becomes friends with those guys, but finds his buddy his new lifelong metal buddy, Zach, or AKA mini version of Glenn Danzing. Uh, <laughs> cause he does look like Glenn Danzing. A bit, yeah. Uh, Zach is a big metal follower and they're checking out black metal albums and everything and they fastly become friends. And the backstory on Zach, which A, is the first best part of the whole fucking entire film, is when Zach's backstory, his flashback is, Zach was thrown out of school when he tried to stab a kid in the hand with a protractor because he stepped on a King Diamond tape. Yep, it's totally justified. Yes. So after finding this out, uh, him and Zach become friends. They start a band that they call Deathgasm. So... Uh, Zach realizes Brody's still learning to play guitar, (laughs) (laughs) which he points out. Uh, Zach talks Brody into, they go up to this old dude named Ricky Daggers. He has this death metal record that's like unbelievably rare and stuff like that. He's the ex-lead singer. He's basically dead from mayhem. There you go. Yeah. He literally, they were big in the 80s and... Disappeared because of cocaine and hookers and now he's holding on to an album that is like very rare and they try to take it from dude wakes up and basically he's like, you're here to like kill me or something. He's like going on. He's like, how did you find me? And they're like, dude, we're, we're metal, man. (laughs) And he's like, okay. And he starts telling them about this album and stuff like that. And then we're introduced to some <laughs> the cult weird dude that just shows up with gloves that apparently is a hitman and he's there to kill Ricky Daggers for some reason and the kids take off with the album Ricky Daggers gets fucking destroyed <laughs> decapitated and he brings in, which is the second best thing of the movie. And I don't know, I can't remember if this happens before or after Zach and, uh, oh, forget the dude's name now. It's escaping my mind. Other metal kid. For, yeah, other metal kid. Brody and Brody. Zach go back and they start checking out, uh, the album and they see it's not the album they wanted. Uh, they just flip the album up. They see some sheet music and it has this, the sign of Satan on it, and they're like, oh, this music, we gotta play it. But meanwhile, Ricky Daggers is taken to definitely a very evil dude. And, well, not Ricky, I'm sorry, the dude goes back and says he doesn't have the album. Goes back to this evil dude. That sent him to Ricky Daggers. And the evil dude's like, okay, cut his head off. And they cut the dude's head <laughs> off. The funniest car- shit in the movie. <laughs> And he starts screaming at these two demon things. And they're like, he goes, get a tarp, do it again. And they're like, really? <laughs> yes. And it's great. 
because they put his decapitated head on and he just like swings the sword in slow motion and taps it the head rolls off and the one demon's like putting his hands all like see see <laughs> it's, it, it's fucking great scene it was just it was one of those things that made this movie yeah. like that's when I was in excellent Florida. yeah it just they totally knew this was going on so once they start, they check out the, they check out this music. They're trying to learn it. They're playing it. You could see something's happening, but they quit playing. But you notice like the dad, the uncle that's into, he's very Christian. Like he's becoming possessed, but he doesn't go full possessed. And that's where they start showing Brody, uh, starts hanging out with this girl, Medina. And they have a relationship going and then it, it just, it's getting into that, but they don't spend a whole lot of time on that because they go back to the band death, you know, deathgasm and they're trying to learn songs and basically shit goes wrong when Medina's note doesn't get back to Brody and mini Glenn dancing basically bangs her and he gets beat up by he his wormed, cousin. He worms the chick. Yes. And basically he gets beat up by his cousin and his friend and he's all pissed off. So he plays the music and the demons come out and the demons are possessing everyone and killing everyone. And that's where it's kind of like the world of army of darkness. All uh-huh. of a sudden it's just great stuff. Funny shit going on. Demons popping up everywhere. People getting hit in heads with axes. Uh, Medina, which by the way, I glossed over Medina listening to that death metal album and I loved, they go in, it's literally like a VH, uh, VH1 classic, uh, metal commercial. If you've ever seen those where it shows like everybody rocking out, it, it, they, they're called metal heads and it's these animated features where it shows Ronnie oh, James yeah. Dio and literally she listens to it and all of a sudden she has two chicks holding onto her legs and she's holding an axe up in the air like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. It, it just great stuff. They knew what they were doing in this movie, but. He plays the music. All of a sudden, demons are coming out, and they're bursting out everywhere. And great line. I love it when uh, Zach is uh, with Brody, and somebody questions, do demons recognize daylight savings time? When they find out, they have until 3 a.m. to get rid of all the demons because they got to visit the psychic yep. at the old music shop in order to find out to get rid of this. And basically, I believe that the, the head demon is named Aloth, the something blind. Like yeah, something like that. Well, apparently Aloth the blind is going to take over everything. Basically, it's Satan is released. All the demons are released. And they're possessing everybody and they're eating everybody. It's chaos. It's bad taste and dead alive rolled into one. It is totally dead alive level gore. Yeah, it's off the chart gore. But then you I mean, these- you got... You got weed whackers with barbed wire in the end zone. You got some ECW weaponry going on here. It's yeah, great. not only do you have the kid weed whacking the dude's wiener apart. Yep. You have <laughs> chainsaw. There's chainsaw foo. There's chainsaw foo, but there is sex toy foo, which oh, is the a, dildos. Jesus, I forgot third, about the dildos. Third favorite part of the movie where they're locked in the house with this couple. Yes, all they have to defend themselves is a very large black dildo. <laughs> yep. 
and a couple of vibrators. Yeah, and a chainsaw. <laughs> and they do the slow motion scene of the dude getting slapped in the face. It's as glorious as it sounds. I'm telling you, <laughs> this is movie of the year so far that is not bad Max. I'm I just loved, glorious. they go through this 30 second slow motion fight scene with the sex toys and they just look at each other. Nope, sex toys ain't working. Lost it. It just had a lot of those moments where they bring you, the viewer, like in to into the movie that way. But basically, what it comes down to, they need the pages. Uh, They blow away. They go back. They go on the road to get the pages. Zach doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He says, "Fuck the town. Let the town burn." Brody's like, "No, we got to help people." And that's when. You know, if they come to the school by accident, they run into their friends, and that's when he finds out Zach uh, banged his girlfriend that was no longer really his girlfriend because she was upset he didn't want to hang out with her anymore, and the world's getting fucked. And basically, you still got a demon-smashing spree going on, and they must fight him, and Zach takes off. And for... The fourth or fifth now favorite part of the whole entire movie is when Zack leaves them to fight the demons by themselves and shows up to help his brother, his death metal brother Brody, metal forever. He has his death cast of makeup on and the girl just stops everything and goes, wait, how long did that take you to put the makeup on? (laughs) Corpse paint. Yeah. Um, 10, 15 minutes. He's like, it's corpse paint, girl. Some makeup. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, but still, you could have been here sooner and helped. It was just great moments in this movie. And if that wasn't enough, after the credits, you get to see Brody talking to the record playing backwards, which is hilarious. Oh, I didn't see that. There's after credits. Yes, after oh, credits. Because right before the credits, he hears the voice of Zach, and all of a sudden, uh. It, the credits roll, and then after the credits, it's Brody talking to Zach on the album, and he's like, you know, Deathgasm must turn, go on. Well, we can't call it Deathgasm. <laughs> and then they just start in. Let's. Uh, what title can we call it? Dead Babies on Parade? <laughs> uh, just, they go through just all these stupid titles and, for like the next 20 seconds. <laughs> but, I, loved, I loved their single was like ravaged in entrails, and it came out on like... What was the fucking record label? Like, in-trail bungee cord record or some shit? Yes, yes, yes. It's hilarious. It's just, this movie, oh, this movie is glorious. Mm-hmm. It, this easily um, is a perfect double bill with 1986's Trick or Treat. Or Death Metal Zombie, or I was Hard Rock Zombies. Say- I was, I said this to Dan. I really, really, really love, if I get the chance, I would like to play this at Horror Realm. Because this would make a great triple bill with Heavy Metal Massacre, Deathgasm, and then Death Metal Zombies. Death Metal Zombies. (laughs) (laughs) But Deathgasm, yes, had the goo factor is off the charts, lots of goo in this, lots of blood, lots of just everything. If you love your gore 
in bucket loads. And it looked well. Well, I think that's because, uh, the guy who made it was involved. Let's see. I had, I looked him up. His name is Jason Lee Howden. Yeah. Three names. Yeah. So awesome already. Uh, he's got a lot of like artistic credit on shit like the Hobbit and all three Hobbit movies, the Wolverine, Man of Steel. This guy knows what he's doing when it comes to like, the Avengers, when it comes to like, uh. Is it possible that he was like one this. of the people then was part of Weta FX? Then? I would not be fucking surprised at all. Okay, cause yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. But also to be in New Zealand, mm-hmm. but this movie just hits on every chord of metal and death metal like 1989. Mm-hmm. It's just, this reeks of, this movie came out in the late 80s. This, there, this thing would be huge. This would be in the theaters immediately. This, this movie would be cherished. And how this movie just gets out there and you just all of a sudden, like two weeks ago, I hear about Deathgasm. It's like from you. And it's like, why isn't this movie like out there in high demand? It's just beautiful. Well, it's, it's new and I don't think people have found it yet. It's going to yeah. be big. Yeah, and I'm just wondering, is it because it's New Zealand, like, it's not getting this theater release? Like, because I know they're playing it uh this Friday night at the Hollywood Theater here in Pittsburgh. Everybody go. <clears throat> and I just said to him, I hope you get a huge crowd, because this movie's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. The Four stars all the way, literally, it, like I said, the you, I said it earlier, Best movie outside of Mad Max this year. I could not. I want to watch the movie again. I do. I know. I, I, I've watched it like three times already. The, the inner 16-year-old in me just I uh, was jamming to the music in it, uh, around it, just loving the gore effects, loved the storyline, was hilarious, all the right. It had just enough comedy, just enough horror, and even when it did the little, you know, little romantic stuff, they kept it going. It didn't let it bog it down. They really made that is a integral part of the story. But they metalheads forever and keeping that going. It just this is uh, this should be a template for a lot of uh, filmmakers. You're trying to make a type of movie, a horror movie that interjects a lot of comedy. You should use this template. I'm go. not saying, not saying remake Deathgasm. I'm saying use the template they did for this yeah. movie because it had a right, just enough cheese. It did have a little bit of cheesiness in it. Great dialogue, great writing. I mean, come on. The, I, just stabbing the kid with a protractor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stepping on the King Diamond tape. That is just artful. That's yeah. beautiful. I, that like you, that right there. I was in. I was totally in. Uh-huh. I was like, I want to see that. It's like this should be playing on two thousand screens. It's just soon as I seen that, this I is going to be like a cult movie on the level of. Give this about ten years. It'll be a cult movie on the level of Shaun of the Dead. I think I it's going to so. be that fucking big, dude. I really hope so. It does have that potential. It does. I I could also see it just going, nobody knows, nobody nobody says shit about it. 
And they shouldn't. They shouldn't. No. But I do agree with you. This movie does have the Shaun of the Dead potential. This is the Shaun of the Dead where Shaun of the Dead was a complete loving homage to the zombie movies. This mm. is 100% the Shaun of the Dead of, like, metal. Yeah. This is, hey, if you were a metalhead in the late 80s, early 90s, this is, this this, is, this is your jam, as you would your say. Your fucking jam. This is your jam. This is your ultimate movie. There is none like it. Because no. we were talking about different movies. I was like, you know, mentioning Heavy Metal Massacre. Horrible. But it's just funny B-movie. Independentness. Death Metal uh, Zombies. Love the movie. Is it bad? Yes. But it's hilarious bad. It's great. They play a tape backwards to bring the zombies back to human. Uh-huh. But Hard Rock Zombies... uh Pop punk zombies, um, rock and roll nightmare, uh, black roses. A, yeah, it's good to have another entry into that metal horror. Thing. Yeah, there's a lot of these metal horror movies out there, but none of them, you know, for me at least, Trick or Treat. I think for me at least did it not perfect, but hit all the right notes. Let's say mm-hmm. where all the other movies that I was just mentioning. There is always something you pick out of them that is really bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're not even close of the level of trick-or-treat. Deathgasm is. Deathgasm, like I said, is the template. If you're looking for how to make a movie that interjects a lot of this, if you're not going to do a serious horror movie, it's like, okay, this is how you interject cheesiness, interject romance. But he did it in small portions and knew how to put it together. That's why I said everything from the script writing to the makeup effects, um, the actors. I uh, th- That was another thing Dan and I were talking about last night. The girl that plays Medina in the movie is like a lot of these movies. You'll get actresses or actors that who their character in the movie uh, all of a sudden starts liking metal. Yeah. In reality they cannot sell it to you on no. screen. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you you're you're like, I hope that person dies in the next five minutes in this movie. Her, it's like you could actually see her being into it. Like I liked she was able to portray that. I it just everyone was perfect. I love the Dungeon and Dragons dudes. Giles yeah. and those dudes, they were perfect. You knew those kids uh-huh. in high school. That's I still know those dudes. Yeah, it's like they nailed it. And that's why I said it wasn't just the writing and the makeup. The people they casted in this film hit it. All on right all on the right notes. Love Deathgasm. Just I, you know, Devil Horns Up, Two Devil Horns Up. It's <laughs> just great movie. 4 out of 4 stars. I cannot stop talking about it. It is I Deathgasm has to go in rotation mm-hmm. of movies I must go back to on a regular basis. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going good. in mine. I yeah. loved it. I, dude, I, I am still into this type of shit. This metal stuff, I love it so much. Everything about this, it is Army of Darkness meets Trick or Treat from the 80s meets Dead Alive. Uh, yeah. Everything, if anyone ever goes and watches a movie because they, they heard about it on our podcast, that movie should be The Quest. But after you watch The Quest, you should watch Spookies. But after oh, you watch Spookies, is... you should watch Death's Castle. 
Dude, there is a bad taste t-shirt mm-hmm. in the movie mm-hmm. that I caught. Yeah, I seen somebody who was wearing the de- uh, wearing a bad taste t-shirt. And uh-huh. I was like, yes. And you can tell, like, I know all this metal lore and shit. I know where they're pulling all this references from and all this shit. And it's, it's fucking funny as hell because take that shit seriously. It's hilarious. All this shit. And even if you don't get that metal stuff, it was written like exactly like Shaun of the Dead. It like comes from a place of pure love. These guys love this metal shit. Yeah, they love metal. They love the genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really. I mean, it, they get they get deep on that. Like they get deep on the metal references there. Like it's pretty creep. Like I love the last scene when uh, Brody and the girl are sitting in bed and they're discussing who was the better singer for Cannibal Corpse, George yes. Corpse Grinder, Chris Barnes. It's <laughs> just laughing. Uh, your inner fourteen-year-old will love this. Your fucking outer 37-year-old will love this. It's the best movie I've seen that is not Mad Max Fury Road. It's it's up there. I'm not going to say it's the best, but it is highly, highly up there. It might- here, here, here you go. You wait, it, You want to hear something completely hilarious? Mm-hmm. I, I was just looking at IMDb real quick, and it has, it has on Do, do You Know <laughs> Trivia. There are rumors that if you play a muted Deathgasm and Iron Maiden's live after death simultaneously, it syncs up perfectly due to precise editing. Sweet! I hope, <laughs> I hope that is fucking true. I know it's not, but... Be that fantastic. would be the biggest hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life, and would make so much sense. Yeah, uh, this is... If you like this and Metal Apocalypse, Metal Ocalypse, oh yeah, oh it's it's up your alley. I'm giving it two million. I'm giving it six hundred and sixty-six million stars. It's safe to say we're both gonna have this on our top ten list at the end of the very high, yes, end of the year. Everybody, go fucking find this. If you're a gorehound, you'll love it. If you're a metalhead, you'll love it. If you're a fan of fucking air. Anything mm. you'll you'll fucking love this movie. I don't see how anyone could not like love this movie. I think I could show this to my girlfriend and she would have, like get a kick out of it. And she's not into any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. She just knows it through me. I think she would. It, it would be fucking fun to watch. But I can't wait to see more of this dude's stuff. It would be. I hope. It, I hope a lot more. I hope he gets a career, a big one. Yeah, but, I do too. Yeah. I, I, I just, I hope if by some chance they go to revisit this, I, I, I hope they give it a little time to breathe. But if they do, yeah. this is something I would come back to in about 18 months. Mm-hmm. That, but it don't let it stew too long, but yeah. Oh, we I, forgot, would, I forgot to tell you about my, my funniest, the, I think the funniest scene besides the slow-mo dildo fight. <laughs> <laughs> was when uh, Brody sees the hot chick for the first time, and he imagines like he's on the the metal album cover, and he's up on the mountain in armor with an axe and yes. flicking his tongue out. He, he he looks at her and she's down like groveling at his leg, and and he just winks and her shirt pops off and lightning bolts fly out of his eyes. It's the best. It's the best thing ever. It's the best movie. It is. It is the best movie. Go see it. Uh, let's talk about some Kenny and Company. 
cheer, laugh, get loose as a goose. Kenny and company are on their way with Kenny, our hero. Sometimes, Marcy, the young fox, is he ever going to kiss her? Big Doug, a secret service agent, Kenny's loyal sidekick. Watch out for him on Halloween. They're all on the lookout for the bully. It's the funniest victory in movie history. Kenny and company, rated PG. Uh, you got to see this, right, finally? Yes, this was my first time ever watching this movie. This was a movie I've been... I know I know this was a WGN movie. Like, I know this is a movie I caught on WGN when I was probably seven or eight. And I, I remembered it. I had no idea what the fucking name was. And I'd looked for it forever. And I don't know how I put two and two together that this was actually Kenny and Company. But it ended up ended up like looking for this forever. I, I, I even went so far as to approach Don Coscarelli himself at a convention and say, man, where in the hell can I get a copy of Kenny and company? This is because I think it was, it was released on DVD, but like barely, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like split second kind of like it was out there. And if you didn't get it in that 10 minutes when you were able to get it, uh, go on eBay. And Don Coscarelli himself said, kid, uh, good luck. I don't even have a fucking copy of this. And I was like, ah, damn it. I figured from anybody I could get it from you. But, you know, we turned to our good buddy out of print, Dan, hooked me up. And it's still not like, like I want, this should be on Blu-ray. It's that fucking good of a fucking movie. I wish somebody like a Shout Factory or something could put out the Don Coscarelli collection. Like, that needs to be a box set. The Don Coscarelli Non-Phantasm Collection. You know it it would mean? definitely... It, I would buy definitely, that. Yeah, it's definitely something very different. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never seen Jim the World's Greatest, his first. I don't even know what... I think, I think that's, like, kind of like Kenny and Company, too. Like, a kid's, you know, like, a week and a half in this dude's last kid's life. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'd like to see that, because Bill Thornberry's in that, Angus Scrim. But anyway, Kenny and Company, movie I've looked for fucking forever. Uh, finally fucking out of print Dan came through with a decent copy. I watched it and I was like, oh yes, this was the movie that I thought it was from WGN way back in the fucking day. But it is a great fucking Halloween movie because it takes place, what, like the week of leading up to Halloween, something like that? Yes. Yeah, it is. Because they're all about... I, I don't know what they're doing, but it, it leads up to Halloween. It's like the week before. And you've got, who's in this? You got like a lot of dudes from Phantasm because it's a Don Coscarelli movie. You got A. Michael Baldwin. Uh, Reggie's in here. And that's it, actually. I, I looked through here because we were talking earlier off the show. Uh, Angus is not in this movie. No, and I always thought he was, though. I know. You could tell like the old man part was probably for Angus. Maybe he probably just couldn't do it or something for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that scream, this should have been Angus. But this is, uh, like this, it came out in 76, so it's like the mid-70s version of what Dazed and Confused would be like for us. Mm-hmm. If Dazed and Confused were about like 10-year-old kids and all the, all the fucking goofy shit you used to do. Because there's no plot to this movie. It's just a week in this kid's life and all the stuff he goes through. He, he's being hounded by a bully. I can't remember the bully's name, but I don't know 
Fan's name was like Buddy or something but, like that. So I don't know, but they found like this mutant kid, this fucking giant kid. And did you notice the bully never had shoes on? Yeah, I was gonna ask you, but he. I don't know what the fuck that was about. He never had. He didn't even have like. He just had like a white t-shirt, pants, but no shoes and socks ever. It was like, hey, we got no budget. I don't got shoes. That's fine. It Uh, works for us. Go action. Uh, He's hounded by a bully. He's in love with a girl. He's kind of in that age where he's just discovering chicks, and he's got he's got his buddy, a Michael Baldwin, who is. Who is kind of like that kid that you always hung out with, and you knew he wasn't a bad kid, but your parents were kind of leery of him. Like, yeah, this kid's a rotten kid or some shit. Like, I don't know. I had a lot of those kids that were rotten, actually. I think I've told the story on here about <laughs> how, like, my neighborhood, there was a lot of kids my age. Um, every one of them, except for me and my sister, are now in prison for kid, some reason. That kid is named Johnny Hoffman. Johnny, yeah, there you go, Johnny Hoffman. Johnny Hoffman. Uh, Shoeless Joe. Shoeless Johnny, I guess we'll call him. Um, A. Michael Baldwin's great in this. He, and that's, he, he I was going to say, and this is weird because the kid, uh, that Dan McCann, who is in the movie. Yeah, uh, Kenny? Who is Kenny. Nothing else. Who, nothing else. Never did anything else. That's weird. He did, he's good. He, like, you really got to be... If you have a movie that's just kids, you gotta be careful not to get an annoying kid, or a kid that'll just fucking, oh, you want the kid to die? Like, don't yeah. cast the bloody birthday dudes. Don't get yeah. those in your fucking, like, serious, funny movie. Uh, and I think he did a really good job. I was not annoyed with this kid at all. But a lot of goofy shit happens. There's, it's just like episodes in this kid's life. There's one bummer episode that, really kind of bummed me out about how he had to put his dog to sleep that kind of seemed out of place, but it was trying to be like serious and it worked because, it, you know, he learned about death and he, he kind of wonders about getting old and what happens when you die. And he asks old people about it. Uh, they're leading up to Halloween. So they're doing all this Halloween type stuff about uh, one, uh, one thing they do, they build a dummy. And they throw it out in the middle of the street just to see what happens. And cars hit it, and they laugh. And one car stops and steals the dummy, and they're like, hey, you stole our dummy. And they go after him, which is is weird. But um, I really love this movie. There's no plot to it. It's great. Uh, I got to ask you, though, uh, this is obviously a mid-'70s movie. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. Big Doug. We got to talk about Big Doug. Big Doug. Big Doug, my boy. There's, I, I love Big Doug. Uh, he is a Michael Baldwin's dad. Works for uh-huh. the Secret Service. Yes. And at the drop of a hat, we'll whip a gun on fucking kids. We'll whip out his piece. Yep. And at one point, there's a Cub Scout meeting where he just pulls his gun out and fucking hands it to the kids. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. I was like, what the fuck? That guy would be in prison for the rest of his life if he did that. Big Doug's my hero. Um... Uh, well, don't forget too. The kid gives the kid the gun, and he turns around and tries to kill his dad. Shoot his dad. Yeah, he pulls the gun on his dad. A lot of fucking like politically incorrect shit happened. Like super, like shit you don't do now happens in this movie, which is hilarious. But it's just just shit like that wasn't a big deal in the seventies. 
like I think we're safety obsessed and we need to calm the fuck down. And but I mean I'm not saying give your kids loaded guns, but hey, you know, it's a different time. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. my my second favorite dude in this movie was Sherman. <laughs> hey, love me some Sherman. Sherman is the little fucking like he'd be like a toady, kinda. Mm-hmm. And he's just like the neighborhood goofball, and he's just this fucking lovable kid. I want I want a Sherman on my block so I can hang out with the Sherman. Like I want I want Sherman to be my neighbor, and he has an awesome frog T-shirt. Hey, is the door locked? Yeah, why? I got something to show you. Wow! Holy jeez! <laughs> Where'd you get it? I stole it from my dad. If I get caught, he'll murder me. Boy, I sure like naked girls. You know, you have to be naked to have babies. How are babies made? I never could figure that one out. It's simple. First, you go to the store and get some special pills. And then you get a girl. And then you go home and get nude. And then you put a pill in your mouth and you spit it down her throat while you're kissing her. And then it goes into her stomach and grows into a baby. <laughs> You're crazy. Well, how do you do it then? My brother says you just screw him. Girl? Yeah. With the screwdriver? He's just this goofy fucking sappy kid. Uh, at one point, what happens? Sherman gets in a fight. Or somebody hits Sherman, right? It, no, um, it's Pudwell and Johnny whatever. Johnny They're, Hoffman? Yeah, Johnny Hoffman. They're beating him up and Kenny decides to bust it up. Yeah, and then Sherman's dad catches him and grabs Sherman and says, okay, A. Michael Baldwin, Sherman's going to hit you as hard as he can if you can. Oh, that's after out. they've had the mousetrap in the bag and get him. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the mousetrap, yeah. And, yeah, that would get you put in jail for a really long time. A lot of that type of shit happens in here, but it's, uh, you know, you got Reggie Bannister in here playing the teacher. It's just a great all-around Halloween movie with no plot. Uh, I loved every second of it. It was like reliving my childhood. Because I did do a lot of this stupid shit. Like I used to fucking throw dummies out in the middle of the street and see what would happen. I thought that was great. Yeah. What'd you think of it? I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's very, very highly corny. <laughs> that is the least that, like, least bad thing you could say about it. I think that's only because it's from 76. It probably didn't seem that way back then. <clears throat> no, and I was going to say, it seems more 70-ish after-school special, yeah, yeah, corny, yeah. corniness, but it's it still has a little bit of fun. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't go anywhere. It is a coming-of-age kind of flick, even has that to it. I could see why even then it kind of failed on Casarelli. Oh, yeah. Because it it really doesn't, if you look at it from being in the 70s, it doesn't go anywhere. Mm. It doesn't really, it tells a story without telling a story. Right. Basically, the heart of the story is about Kenny and getting the town bully back to reform school. Yeah. And that's that's it. 
That's it's ninety five minutes loo- of that. You know, loosely the fucking plot. Yeah, so I could understand why the movie failed. Now, does it have its moments, and is it like I said, it's beyond fucking corny. Mm. But it's it's got that kind of uh, if you're a ki- if you were a kid of the early '80s, late '70s, you'd find this film charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. is definitely a throwback to your childhood. It is something. It's you're gonna give the time to to sit down and watch it. My, it's nowhere near the best movie you're gonna watch in your life. No. But great Halloween it, movie though. Yeah, it's definitely something to throw on for something different, especially if you got kids. Because my daughter watched this. She was into it. Yes, her brain exploded when she seen – she did catch on. It was Michael Baldwin yeah. uh, immediately. And she seen it was Reggie, and we're just laughing because Reggie was bald in this. Even. Of course. Reggie was probably born that way. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I kept – I could I always swore up and down Angus Grimm was in this movie. Nope. And he wasn't. But I agree with your point that it was probably that old guy mm-hmm. would have been him. But I, um, I give the movie like I would say two and a half out of four stars. I'm gonna give it. I, I really liked it. I'm gonna give it 86 stars. And it's really cool. I, uh, I'm reading here on the trivia. Uh, it said noting the excitement of test audiences during the haunted house scene in Kenny and Company, Don Coscarelli was inspired to make the film Phantasm. Yeah, I've always heard that. Did not know that. I love this movie, guys. It's hard to find, but if you find it, like if if you see this on a bootlegger table or something, pick it up. That's, yeah. Like it was, you know, it caught the Tim Gross fury. It was on YouTube until Tim Gross mentioned it, and then fucking <laughs> it, it went away because, like, you know, fucking. Yeah, we were gonna do this e- last week. Somebody emailed me and said, "Hey." Wasn't this on uh, yeah, YouTube? And I was like, well, it's not now. Yeah, we were going to do this last week with Dano, and I was like, well, shit, it's gone from YouTube. Dano can't watch it. Tim can't watch it because I hadn't sent it to, sent it to him yet, and so we just did the Green Inferno instead. I loved it. I love Kitty and Company. I could. This is going in like the one-year, once-a-year rotation. It's got to be. It's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do want a spinoff movie where it's just Sherman hanging out with Big Doug. Sherman and Big Doug, the adventures continue. That's what needs to happen, Don Coscarelli. I want to check in on Sherman and Big Doug after all these years. After Phantasm 5 hits, can we get a revisit to Sherman and Big Doug? I would love it. But anyway, Kenny and company, I'm fucking, like, super fucking happy I finally, finally got to track it down and got a copy. Thanks, Out of Print, Dan. But anyway, what you doing next week, sir? Uh, next week I am doing the Dolph Lundgren movie. God damn it. The shark movie. <laughs> shark Lake. Dolph Lundgren Shark Lake. Hey. It looks <laughs> stupid, but Dolph Lundgren on screen is magical. Put it this way. I was handed the copy last night and I just started smiling. Dan's like, you're doing this on the podcast. Is this like a fucking, this is not a sci-fi movie. It's not. No, a I don't movie, believe right? it is. No. Okay, so it might be okay, decent. I mean, not that level of sci-fi crap. Sci-fi channel crap. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not that. It's, I just, the one thing I can hope out of this movie, I want Dolph Lundgren to punch a shark in the mouth. Hope it can happen. I'm, I'm jazzed. I want to see it. 
Um, next week, what am I doing? Oh yeah. Uh, it's finally time, Tim. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier that I watched The Longest Yard. Yes. Uh, I gotta finally watch Hooper. Oh. Gotta watch Hooper. I, I've heard the Profondo dudes fucking go on and on about Hooper, and that's like the one movie. You know, I'm kind of, I'm not a fucking Burt Reynolds guy, but goddamn, I watched Boogie Nights a couple weeks ago, and The Longest Yard today. I've never seen Heat. We did Malone. Malone was, whoo, Malone was a hard one to watch, dude. Die Malone, I think, is on uh, part of the Encore Classics Marathon on October 30th. Malone is on Encore Classics. Boy, that's, you're really stretching the term classics when you, you know, Malone is not the fucking Burt Reynolds jam to go to. <laughs> I've never seen Stick. I've never seen Heat. I've never seen Gator or White Lightning or any of the, like, I've seen, I think I've seen Smokey and the Bandit 1 and 2. I know three is not like. Don't waste your time. Everybody will tell you that. Oh come on, Jerry Reed is the bandit. Yeah, I love Jerry Reed, but I gotta dig into some fucking Burt Burt Reynolds shit here. So I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the good one, Hooper, for the first time. So what you got to pimp, sir? Of course, you could always find me at GrossMovieReviews.com, and you can find me here at Bloodbaths and Boomsticks. I'm talking about random. Crazy random stuff that we dildo <laughs> fights, dildo fights, oh, deathgasm stuff like that. Jan Michael Vincent's in Hooper. Yeah, you didn't uh, know that. No, Terry Bradshaw is too. Adam yeah, Blast? holy shit. Yeah, basically, it's a story about it's a story about an aging stuntman who is wondering if he's too old and is being tell, told by his. uh He's being told by his doctor that, like, oh, one said, more fall, you're dead. You said stuntman. This has to be a... Oh, yeah. Had it, to do this. It, yep. Billy Bass. Hal Needham. It's a Hal Needham joint. All, all the, every stuntman known in the 60s and 70s was in the Hooper movie. Sally Field, of course, is in this. Yeah, she is the girlfriend of Hooper. She isn't the wife in this. She, I believe she's the girlfriend and. Basically, uh, Roscoe Pico train is Roscoe! It, James Best. He is the best friend of Hooper and is basically watching him okay. and telling him, you can't do this stunt anymore. And in comes this young kid, Jan Michael Vincent. And basically, uh, he's willing to do anything and everything, but he, uh, Hooper takes him under his wing and basically, Hey, this is how you do things. I know you're younger, but this is how you do things. And, Jan Michael Vincent convinces him they gotta do this one last stunt where they gotta jump a ravine or whatever after they do like. Are they gonna jump it in a fucking Trans Am? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Trans Am with a rocket booster engine. Mmm. And basically the doctors tell Burt Reynolds' character Hooper, uh, you do this, you're dead. And everybody's telling them they cannot jump a rocket, rocket boosted Trans Am 500 feet. I'm, and I'm, I'm assured many Burt Reynolds laughs are going to be in this. I'm sure of There is, but, uh, also, and there is clips from Deliverance and some other movie, uh, some other stuff is in the movie if you catch on to it. Uh, but a lot of stunt work, a lot of, cool. a lot of stuntmen get to be on screen that up until that time you wouldn't have knew 
that's what was being done. Well, I'm glad. I think I picked a good one. I think I'm gonna. Like oh yes, yeah. Hooper is a classic. Cool. It's no horror movie by any means. Look, look it's got the. It's it's got like I've never seen Stroke or Ace either. Uh you're ah ah. Uh, I need to dig into some Burt Burt shit. Stroker Ace is funny. It has Jim Neighbors. It has its moments. But Hooper is... If you love stunts, if films... If you loved uh, like behind-the-scenes stuff of films, like how they did it, Mm Hooper is a great look into that stuff. Because Terry Bradshaw isn't Terry Bradshaw in this. He plays somebody... You know what I mean? He's a character in this. He's just some guy gets in a fight with Hooper in a bar. Awesome. I I knew a big bar fight was going to happen. Yes. And basically Bradshaw plays this country song and... So this is just, this is just paid by numbers, Bert. Yes, but it's classic Bert and it's literally, this could be a Smokey and the Bandit movie, but it, this, the movie celebrates stunt work is the whole movie. Well, I'm looking at the fucking, I'm looking at the, uh, cast list of Stroker Ace and man, you got all the Burt Reynolds, right? You got Nick yeah. Brady, Jim Neighbors, Lonnie, uh, Elvira, Bubba Smith. Yeah, Elvira everybody Bubba. shows up for a couple of seconds. God but I, Dale Earnhardt, for Christ's sakes. I think with Hooper, though, I think, um, I think somebody's beat this now, but I think they held the record for something like 225 stunt people were used on the film. Like they, they, cause they bring out like guys that were never showed their faces on screen. Right. Like a got, Kane Otter type dude. Yeah. They got their faces shown on screen in this movie. Good. I think it, I picked a good one then. Yeah. It's really cool. This Hooper is basically what explains Burt Reynolds career. Like all of his movies, if you could sum up Burt Reynolds's movies before he tried to think that he was more than mm-hmm. what he was. I think he always should have stuck with this genre of movies of not exactly slapstick comedy, but hey, I could go do a Cannonball Run movie, then I could go do another Smokey and the Bandit movie. I never thought of him as Malone or right. He didn't fit. I mean, he, Malone he, was like weird. And then that other one that he did with Clint Eastwood, uh, City Heat or something like that. Just yeah, he. he didn't fit that genre. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hooper basically is Burt Reynolds' career. Well, we'll get into that next week. It it just in that thing. Oh, and before I forget, uh, real quick, um, should be coming up real soon. I wrote a Joe Bob Briggs article uh, for Toe Tag Pictures. They have a Toe Tag newsletter website that's now up and going at toetag.biz. So, Keep checking back to that. Next few days, my article should po- uh, be posted up on there. Cool. Um, I've got nothing to promote, just like our Facebook pages. Our website's bloodbasspodcast.blogspot.com. And come back next week when we talk some classic Burt Reynolds and some maybe classic shark. Will the question next week will be, will Dolph Lundgren jump the shark? I'd put it this way. If Dolph Lundgren punches the shark dead in the face. Greatest movie of all time. Greatest movie of all time. Bar none. Fuck movie of the year. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's our next movie, Dolph Lundgren Shark Puncher. <laughs> we, can get, so, we can get that kick started, right? Why not? Shark Puncher. So come back next week. Have all your answers.
uh, answer or all your questions, your Dolph Lundgren Stark punching questions. We'll answer them next week. So till then, we are out of here. Goodbye, everybody. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The part is over And tomorrow starts the same old thing again Let me tell you of the days of high adventure Is this it, priest? The Pope's new army? A few crusty bitches and a handful of ragtags? I know, Bill. Before this was a battle between warriors... Not a bunch of mislances. After all, where'd you get the coconut? We found them. Found them? In Mercia, the coconut's tropical. What do you mean? Well, this is a temperate zone. The swallow may fly south with the sun, or the house martin or the plover may seek warmer climes in winter, yet these are not strangers to our land. Are you suggesting coconuts migrate? They're coming to get you, Barbara. Bob, you're fired. You're fired! You're fucking fired, Bob! We know you're longer at the club, Bob. You're fucking fired! If it bleeds, we can kill it. You are weak. If we hear him, we break the law. It's true. Everything was true. God's an astronaut. Ours is over the rainbow. The Midian is where the monsters live. Benson pussy shoppers, take advantage of our fancy pussy sales. If you buy one piece of pussy at the regular price, you will get another piece of pussy of equal or lesser value for only a penny. Try a deep pussy for a penny. If you can find cheaper pussy anywhere, fuck it. <laughs> What does it take to change the essence of a man? I need time to change. Time. I do too. I do too. We love to give you a ride home. Thank you, my brother. We're about to go on a sacred journey.